This episode of The Full Nerd is sponsored by TeamViewer, the maker of easy, fast, and secure remote access software. Since 2005, TeamViewer has helped IT professionals and IT-designated family members like Horton and I uh, troubleshoot hardware and software-related issues on everything from Windows to macOS to iOS to Android devices. Head to TeamViewer.com to get started with your remote access and management solution. In this episode of The Full Nerd, the future of ARC, 13th Gen Revelations, and to G-Force and beyond. Nice. Yeah. Kind of kept Buzz, Buzz Lightyear like there. Welcome to episode 229 of The Full Nerd. Yes, 229. I said it correctly that time. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with special guest Usman Perzadi of WCCF Tech. And hey, Adam- everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray controlling the vertical and horizontal. We're here. Uh, I, I do want to give people uh, just a quick reminder as you're shuffling in. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, and, and thank you, Usman, for being here. Uh, we do have a live challenge sponsored by TeamViewer going on tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pacific. You're going to want to tune into this. Uh, I built a PC and intentionally wrecked it uh, in, in realistic ways. Uh, and Gordon is going to remote uh, uh, troubleshoot this PC with me tomorrow and, and see if he can fix it within 30 minutes. Or do or do you feel pretty ready for it, Gordon? Well, I, I mean, just so you know, it. Adam broke, I think, thirty different thirty things. different things. Yeah. Thirty different things on this computer. I am, I'm also, I'm looking forward to it because I like challenges, but I'm also dreading it because some of them could be some esoteric uh, thing in the OS none, that I can't. None fix of them or, are. None of them are esoteric. I, I guarantee. Right, but I mean, the main thing is, I what I love about this simulation is. We're testing real world applications because, uh, as all the nerds in our families, we're the ones that get called to help everybody out. And sometimes you just don't want to burn twenty dollars of your gas to go help somebody out, especially if it would have been like a quick ten or twenty minute fix. And so now you've eaten all that gas. And if you could just do it remotely, it would be a lot cooler. So we're going to see if TeamViewer is up to the task of solving all of your relatives' hardware problems. It's going to be fun. Issues. Yeah, uh, Usman, are, are you the designated IT person in your family? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I think I've used TeamViewer countless times. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's going to be fun. Like I said, a uh, uh, real fun. Uh, tune in tomorrow at one p.m. Uh, the chat is going to also be able to help Gordon come up with some ideas, uh, or if if you you see anything that, that Gordon might have missed, so so be there to help back up Gordon. Yeah. See help, if we help can, me out. We can fix this PC <laughs> in thirty minutes. So, uh, in the in the meantime, though, I will tell you that this PC does not have an arc desktop gpu in it oh really uh, it, it does not i i can i can guarantee you that up front uh but you know how, how many other pcs in the future might have arc in them or, or is it long for this world well what do you what, what's going on here uh, i don't know and let's i'm just gonna let's back up history a little bit um arc is of course intel's discrete uh graphics uh gpu it was launched originally as uh, Odyssey 2017-ish. I can't remember. It felt like it was like it was so long ago. Um, it has it was supposed to be here much much sooner. It's much later now. The market's very different now, and sort of the explosive uh, reporting of Moore's Law is dead. Who you've seen here, Tom uh, and Broken Silicon, is like this. Where our people are telling us it's done. Like. 
So Tom is saying people he has talked to at Intel at very high levels is saying at the executive level, of course, executive level at Intel is very thick, that it is over. So that is really amazingly explosive considering that Honestly, it has not shipped here in the United States yet. We have well, an A380. Yeah, we bought. no, I, I got a, oh, well, a A380 right. from, from, from Newegg. So A380, A380 <laughs> but it really hasn't sort of shipped in the form that I think most gamers enthusiasts have, inspect, have expected. Um, uh, again, these are uh, this is this is these are uh, report. This is reporting of uh, Tom of Morsal's dead. I don't like to, a lot of people would want to throw shade. On Tom, because they're like, he's making this up. It's totally bogus or whatever. I'm like, look, I don't I don't think that. And also don't want to say things as I don't like to say things. He's making claims because I don't like to, I was always taught in school. If you say somebody is making a claim that shows your bias, that's what he is reporting. Tom is reporting Moore's Law is dead. That arc is done. It will not see the light of day as a discrete card. Post celestial, I think is kind of the sort of thing. There's a lot more nuance that I, you know, go go look at his YouTube channel to, to find the nuance. But there's definitely a little more nuance. But the headline that everybody sort of ran with is Ark is dead at the highest levels. It's over. Uzman at WCCF Tech though has also done some reporting, and your sources are saying no, it's not dead. But yeah. clearly, there's so much nuance with this. I. I guess I'm just trying to get to the bottom of, of what's going on here. Absolutely, absolutely, Gordon. And I think uh, this is all going to boil down to the definition of what really means, uh, what uh, Tom really means by Ark is dead. So, uh, and uh, I absolutely do not think he's making that up. Uh, he was, in fact, the first leaker to uh, post pictures, actual pictures of the Ark prototype graphics cards. So clearly his sources are legitimate. However, with Intel, and I have personally experienced this in the past, that you could go to uh, different executives and they would give you usually completely conflicting reports. Or it, it has even been the case where uh, execs would sort of uh, leak something and then they would gauge public reaction to sort of base their decisions on it. So you would think that cause and effect uh, would be uh, in the correct order, but with Intel, you never know. So uh, I... I Absolutely think that uh, Tom is onto something where there is smoke, there is fire. However, I have also sort of ran this by my sources. And uh, I have had very old sources that are very high up uh, in sort of the executive letter. I was, in fact, the first person to break that Raja is moving to Intel. I was the first person to break that uh, uh, they are getting a new CMO. So, And those sources are still active. And Interestingly, when I sort of ran this story by them, they were like, uh, and they said in no uncertain terms that this is absolutely false. Uh, but uh, I have also never met a source that a source of this level that has not have had an agenda of their own. So when dealing with high level sources, you always need to be very careful of what the motivation is behind giving you that control leak. And I think that is also very important to keep in mind. So. Uh, I absolutely trust Tom when he says that uh, Intel is definitely considering uh, canning the discrete desktop side of Arc. But I can also say for certain that right now, as of this moment, that has not happened yet. Uh, obviously, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what Intel will do a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. Because right now, Intel itself does not know the answer to that question. And uh, that 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 is something that is pretty much customary with Intel uh, until and unless the official announcement is made from the very top. Uh, 
you don't really know what's going to happen. So yeah. that was sort of the piece. Yeah. Got sorry, I, intru- I yeah. In- interrupted you. Continue on. Yeah, so so that was sort of the preface that uh, nothing I report directly contradicts Tom. It's just that I have read, ran this by multiple sources, and all of them have flat out refused to say that uh, Ark is dead. Now, what do we mean when we say Ark is dead? So I I had I had the opportunity of going through Tom's video as well, and uh, I, I hope I I can quote that correctly. But from my take and my understanding of uh, his definition is that. Uh, that Intel is going to end the desktop discrete graphics. So uh, whatever cards we get in the next two quarters or so, that's going to be it. Intel may continue Battle Mage and Celestial in some form factor, probably mobility, and uh, that would constitute uh, Arc being dead. And I have to say, I agree with that definition. If Intel decides to uh, limit the scope of Battle Mage or Celestial, just to just to mobility and the sort of end the desktop discrete graphics uh, with Alchemist, I would agree that Arc is dead because uh, the definition of discrete that Intel uses is not really the definition that us uh, journalists use. So if you ask Intel what discrete means, they're going to point to a laptop and say that's discrete as well. And we don't really necessarily agree with that. To us, a, de- a discrete Graphic card, a DGPU is something that you can go to the store, you can buy it off the shelf, and you can plug it in your PC. And I think that is sort of the nuance that we are dealing with here. Uh, and yeah, so I can now continue unless you have something to add. No, no, I, 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 I think it's, it's. Uh, I, I do want to clear up something that's coming up in chat, and, and this is a, yeah. a, a, a classic. Uh, view I have seen, you know, not only in, in, in tech, tech reporting um but everywhere else but so uzman is saying he's talked to sources tom has said he's talked to his sources and i know that it doesn't square because they basically come up with different determinations so then the public automatic reaction is well they're just making this up they're just they're just pulling this out of their butt and they're just making this up i'm going to tell you that i i cannot tell you I don't know who his sources are. He would never tell me because that is part of his confidence. He has a relationship with his sources that you don't betray who they are. Same thing with Tom, same thing with me. But uh, I, you have to put, when Usman says this, Tom says that, Gordon says this, you have to put now the trust in the name because he's putting his name on the line. Tom's putting his name on the line. I'm putting my name on the line when I say something. And if we're wrong, which it does happen, then you that's where it goes. But I honestly think the whole everybody's just making this up and they're guessing. I I would disagree with that. So I just want to clear that up because that's what always comes up in the chat. So Well and, yeah. and also I, I'd like to to piggyback off the off of that too. The uh people have have pointed out like wait uh raja has has gone on publicly lately. There was a, a, a Twitter yeah. uh uh, comment that that he had made saying wait oh the, this isn't great for the engineers who are still working you know it's uh, still okay. alive there there there's stuff going on from from intel side too right yeah so actually P- I publicly did, i didn't want to i do did want to read some of raja kaduri's uh um twitter remarks you know raja of course was at uh <laughs> he was at ati actually he was pre-ati it was a company that ati bought then he went to intel or a- then amd of course now intel uh, he posted a tweet on uh, on the 11th that said, bumped into this beauty in Toronto volume validation lab getting ready for launch. It's, it was a picture of an A770, 
right? So or seven seven yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, one of those higher end ones. So high is a higher end GPU, basically. Like, hey, is real uh, higher end than the A three eighty? That's what I mean. And then another response because obviously that kicked off like, oh my god, Arc is dead. Why are you showing this off? He then said, attached is what we said in February twenty two, and we and and we are continue and are continuing to execute this strategy. Basically, is a visual compute roadmap that shows all three generations. I think right. So three generations out, and he's basically saying, no, we're still doing it. Which would seem to run counter to some of the reporting. Um, the last thing I think was we are, and of course I don't. I'm not. Sorry, uh, Usman is younger than I. Mean, he will understand. Was like I guess that's the emoticon for this. Is that that? Oh, it's a shrug. Yeah. Is that a shrug? Shrug. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I just like. I I guess so. We You're are learning every day. We are shrug. We don't know about these rumors as well. We we don't know what what's up with these rumors. They don't help the team working hard to bring these to market. They don't help the PC graphics community. Period. One must wonder, comma, who did they help? Are we are still in first gen, and yes, we had more obstacles than planned to overcome, but we persisted. So that sort of says, sort of, who does this benefit? Uh, obviously, that would make people think AMD and Nvidia, but then also, frankly, <laughs> other people at Intel that would like to see Arc get pushed overboard, right? So, yes. But I just wanted to get the official record. Uh, Intel's officially not commenting on this. Uh, Raja is basically his tweets are, I think, the official sort of comment so far about it. And also, I mean, something something this big, if or, or okay, so say, saying that the the desktop GPUs are going or are going to be canceled or have already been canceled, assuming that that is the case, what what would happen next? Would Intel ever come out and be like, "Oh, hey, uh, we're giving an announcement. It's done. We're we're not doing it past this," or would it just be like, "Oh, yeah, no, it's still around until it's not." Like, how are we going to know? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't think we so, would know until it's yeah in twenty twenty four kind of time frame, right? Yeah. So, uh, sort of playing the devil's advocate, I actually agree with uh, Tom on this. That if uh, if Intel does as at some point decide to kill off Arc, they're not going to make a big announcement of it. Uh, they're just going to slowly phase out the products. But uh, fortunately for us, uh, Tom has given us some concrete uh, milestones. So according to him, for example, bathroom age is not going to end up in desktop form factor. It's going to be limited to mobility. So we have a concrete uh, sort of uh, a KPI to measure uh, Intel's progress against. And on, on that note, I actually have updates as well. So uh, I talked initially to my sources when I wrote my column, and then uh, I had this uh, public uh, discussion with Tom as well later. And I, I, I sort of agreed with Tom on a lot of things. And some of the points he brought up were fair. So I went back to my sources and, and they had this to say. Uh, and this is a direct quote from uh, someone that is so high up that either they're telling me the truth or they're trying to use me. So there is no scenario in which they're wrong. <laughs> it's either they're telling me the truth or they're trying to use me. So uh, with that preface, uh, the quote is, as long as there is a market for desktop graphic cards, we will continue selling desktop graphic cards. And here's the thing with uh, sources this high up. They will sometimes give you half-truths, but they will almost never give you something that is completely wrong because they know that if they do that to me once, they're burned as a source and that's it. I'm never going to talk to them again. Right. So uh, I think this one was fairly sort of straightforward. 
And they also gave me their rationale for it. Uh, Intel believes that the GPO market is going to enter into a severe glut over the next year or so. They believe that uh, the supply demand and the entire GPO market is going to be massively impacted to the point that it's not just Intel, but it's AMD and NVIDIA also who are significantly cutting down their volume. Uh, however, they, they sort of complain that this does not constitute a cancellation as much as a market adjustment. And I have to say, I sort of agree with their definition here that if they're going to be significantly reassessing the supply volumes for Alchemist or even Battlemage, then that doesn't necessarily constitute a cancellation. In fact, NVIDIA and AMD are going to be doing the same thing as well if the market does enter a glut, which it will, considering that the cryptocurrency demand has vanished completely. Ethereum is going to be merging into the proof of stake chain sometime in the next 24 hours. So uh, the market is going to be flooded with used GPUs. Uh, and all three of the GPU manufacturers are going to be significantly reassessing their allocations for 2022, the remaining year, and 2023, the full year. So uh, that's not just Intel, that's including AMD and NVIDIA. Uh, moving on. Uh, there's also a chance that Intel will decide internally to refresh Alchemist. So maybe if the initial plan was to roll out Battlemage desktop graphics at the end of 2023, maybe they will refresh Alchemist at the end of 2023 instead of rolling out Battlemage. And I would like to note here that once again, that's, that's not an illegitimate strategy. In fact, if you consider that a cancellation of ARC, then you have to consider uh, the fact that AMD rebranded Polaris for the 400 generation, the 500 generation, the 600 generation for multiple years, a cancellation of Radeon as well. So uh, it, we might see a situation where Intel sort of rebrands and sort of extends the life of Alchemist by a year or so in order to sort of avoid putting in more capital expenditure while the market is in a glut. But they have been very consistent on this, that they are not giving up the desktop GPU dream. And this comes from, like I said, very high up in the chain, that they have absolutely no intentions of giving it up. Yes, they might take some actions to protect themselves from uh, what they believe is sort of uh, a temporary death of the GPU market that is coming soon, but it's just a market adjustment. And yeah, so... Uh, Moving forward, uh, another thing that they told me was that the main expenditure for research and development of Battlemage is already done. So they said that they've already spent that money. So it makes no sense for them to not roll out Battlemage. In fact, the full fat Battlemage die is too big to fit on the mobility platform. So the full fat Battlemage die is actually a core desktop product. They might be a bit late in bringing it to market. There might be delays with Intel. You can always assume that there will be a delay to their official roadmap. It has happened for the past five years, but that is once again, certainly not a cancellation. And like I said, in the beginning, it's going to come down to how you are defining Arc is dead. And I think that is where, where most of the arguments are going to happen. Yeah, and it does, it, I, I really, I really buy into that. It's going to be a bloodbath. I mean, I don't think, yeah. I know everybody's really cheering how great it's going to be to be able to buy a 3060 for $220, yeah. but it's going to be a bloodbath in GPUs for AMD, NVIDIA, and Intel. And it feels like what that does is like, you know what? We're not going to be in a rush to make new things. Same thing on NVIDIA. They're like, oh, do we really need to rush out a 4060, you know, ASAP? Yeah. Or just do we just push it out? Because 
you know, it's the same math that AMD would probably make too, because there's just going to be excess cards eating up all the demand. So right. you wait till that demand is gone. That's just basic, you know, basically I, how it's always done at the store too, right? Uh, I, I, w- I would say that c- couldn't, I mean, this had to have been at least seen from a very top level though. I mean, like, like sure, you know, a lot of the chatter has been like, oh, hey, if ARC would have come out a year ago, we would have been in a completely different spot, Right. But even if yes. they would have come out in a year ago, that wouldn't have changed the fact that at some point the market was going to fall off. Like so, so right. somebody at the top had to have been looking at a five-year plan, you know, knowing like, hey, listen, yeah, we're going to hit highs, obviously around <laughs> around this time, you know, like things things could be good if we did release, you know, last year. Oh, awesome! But at some point, things are going to normalize, and we're going to have just this flood of of markets. So, like, they had to have at least known that from the top end, right? <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they had to have right. been ready for that coming, hopefully. Uh, I, I'm not so sure, actually. I, I, I think, uh, I think I, I know it sounds absurd, but I don't think any of the GPU makers were really ready for the end of the cryptocurrency market. Hmm. I, uh, it, everyone saw it coming, but that doesn't change the fact that they were not ready. And you only have to look at the uh, GPU allocations that were made to OEMs and uh, PC part makers and they will just tell you that they're flooded with inventory and they and I won't name them, but a lot of them had to be given rebates to sort of uh, sort of let them absorb and sort of give off some of the losses that they're going to be face, facing. So I don't think they saw it coming. Uh, all of us did, but I, I don't think they actually planned on a very high level for the collapse of the GPU market. Yeah, and actually, I, I buy that too, because yeah. if... If everybody knew the GPU market was going to collapse here by the summer of 22, why would you ever made a 6500 XT at the price they did? Yeah. Right? Well, that but was... I mean, you can't, You, I mean, it would also be stupid for executives to think that it was going to stay at that sustained level forever. You, you know, at some point it ha- was going to have to stop. Maybe they did, it came sooner than they expected. But I mean, you, you know that it couldn't have kept going the way it was going. Well, and then also, I, I think the other thing that people really need to realize is like, even though people give gave AMD hell over 6500 XT. It's not like they like thought up 6500 XT and then 4 weeks later it came out. That thing was like planned in the midst of yeah. bad things and, you know, so you basically fire this missile, it shows up, you know, 18 months later and you're like, "Oh, you know, it it, it you just they, yeah. you can't really plan for that." I mean, I yeah, I see yeah. you're saying, I mean, I'm sure they would have expected to the market to soften when it, but I also don't think they expected it to be this delayed too, because if you know, yeah, no, it's no joke. If Ark had come out last year, it would have been a hero to to now being essentially a zero, right? Because that's just simply <laughs> yeah. that's just the way it breaks sometimes, and it's just the worst possible uh, timing for Intel. And you know, I, and I, I will say, Adam, I have asked around Intel before, and even when things are like starting to look a little soft, and I was like, you know, you know, because it's like look, you're looking at these some of these leaked numbers, you don't look so hot, but they're like, well, look, we're not, we're not. We're going to do one and done. We're in this for long term. This is, I was told this months and months and months ago. So that's different than today's yep. situation, but. Well, and, yeah, and you would and, hope so, yeah. Yeah, and that, that sort of brings us to the to the second stuff as well. Like uh, there have actually been analyst calls for Intel to sort of uh, divest uh, AXT because they have been bleeding money, $3.5 billion over the course of five years. And I, I think uh, that is sort of what concerned me as well, uh, because I think that that is, Absolutely absurd. Uh, 
that that the case for Intel divesting AXT makes no sense at all because it's not just another investment for Intel. Uh, the GPU market is the bread and butter of any PC company. So NVIDIA and AMD, uh, uh, CPU and GPU is sort of like a very complementary product. And I think with Intel, it's it's also about survival as well, as I mentioned in my in my editorial, that uh, with, with sort of the AI rich, the machine learning rich software ecosystem that we are heading into, that the world is heading into, GPUs have a lot more computational workloads to do than just playing games. Uh, there might come a, come a point in time where most of your daily computational workload is actually handled by the GPU, where only the niche instruction sets uh, or th- th- only that is handled by the CPU. So I think com- asking Intel to sort of divest AXC because it bled a mere $3.5 billion is sort of like asking Blockbuster to not spend a fraction of the revenue in, in the digital future and in, in sort of like uh, digital era. So I, I think that's that's absolutely absurd. And if you consider the investment decisions Intel has made over the past few decades, they have, they have thrown money into investments that I personally think made no sense for tens of billions of dollars and then actually ended up on a loss on them. Uh, they missed out on the modem, uh, the mobile modem revolution. They missed out on, on a lot of stuff. And I think uh, one of that, one of the reasons for that is that the top bean counters at Intel, they rely a lot on what the analysts are saying and what the public is saying. And, and that is sort of what worries me as well with, with all of this uh, recent divest AXG and Intel Arc is dead news because uh, with Intel, cause does not follow effect. Uh, it, it might be the other way around. You never know. So I think there's, there's, there's a lot of responsibility in reporting that I think uh, we all need to adhere to. Uh, and uh, yeah, and, and it's not all doom and gloom either. I mean, Arc XCSS has been nothing short of a miracle. XCSS is, in fact, if if not as good as DLSS and FSR, it's it's maybe it's better. And they have been able to knock that out of the park. So, and if you look at the raw hardware uh, capability of uh, Arc GPUs, if you look at the pixel rates, the shader rates, or or if you even look at sort of the cheat code. Uh, optimized uh, 3D Mark scores, you will see that the hardware has a lot of potential. And that lot of potential will only be unlocked over time after they have sort of ran that uh, ran their mass public QA. And this is not something you can just throw money at. So AMD and NVIDIA have had trillions of hours of users testing their GPUs by playing games and then by sending them bug reports. And Intel can't just go to a marketplace and buy these trillions of hours of QA and public testing. The only way to achieve these trillions of hours of QA is to sell that product at volume. So for Intel, it's not just about making money with the Alchemist generation. It's about getting that valuable trillions of hours of uh, public QA experience. And I think that is something that is unavoidable. And and that would, in return, be extremely valuable for Intel, even if the market does sort of die. But that said, they can achieve that QA even with Alchemist. They don't need BattleMage for that, which is why I think that uh, if the market does enter into a glut, we might see a Polaris situation where Intel is refreshing Alchemist uh, for another year before they introduce BattleMage. But as of right now, BattleMage, from what I've been told, is 100% in the pipeline. And BattleMage for desktop, not BattleMage for mobility. Huh. And that, that I mean, as much as I don't want to make this about Usman versus Tom, that your sources conflict with Tom's sources because he says BattleMage, you're saying not going to happen on, on desktop. Yeah. Whereas, So I guess that's sort of like, 
that's when everybody can come out and like, I got the receipt <laughs> wrong. I, and you know, again, and the thing is, it is entirely possible internet for them both to not be making this up for their sources to actually give them their information and to still arrive. They can both still be right, but you can still arrive only at one conclusion, which is, is either ships or it doesn't ship because it's, yeah. it's you're, you're feeling it in, in an elephant here. Intel is a gigantic elephant made up of, you know, hundred, yeah. 200,000. I forget what it is. He says a lot of employees, one million. It's got a lot of employees. It's got a lot of, of fiefdoms and we don't know what is going to happen. I, it sounds like. Yeah. And, I, uh, once again, I'd like to reiterate here that even if I turn out to be right and Bartimage does come end up on desktop, that doesn't make Tom wrong. Right. Uh, I have been in his situation before, and I know exactly how Intel's uh, top brass and bureaucracy works. And I have absolutely no doubt that he has a very high-level source that is telling him this and that in- Intel, in fact, was considering canning uh, discrete GPUs. But it is even possible that sort of the ruckus that we have created after after Tom reported his story that Intel sort of, you know, thought, you know what, let's just give this another couple of generations before we arrive at a certain decision. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, what's very interesting is because for people who don't know what Blockbuster is, that was a very popular uh, United States based uh, videotape rental place. You would go and you would rent your VHS tape. Clearly, some executive says, nah, that streaming thing, that's going nowhere, right? So that you could see that short-sightedness. But I think that kind of reminds me, it's very interesting because like we are, you know, let's wind the clock back to the late 1990s. Intel buys what Real 3D. They have i740. They're coming out with their own discrete graphics card. At that time, there were maybe a dozen different discrete graphics uh, chipset makers. Everybody said, Intel's coming in this everybody's going to be dead there. This is like Intel never loses. They, they bat 100%. They are going to wipe everybody out. I seven forty comes out. The reviews are like, eh, yeah, I guess it's okay. It's not so great. Basically they get their nose punched in. And of course, Nvidia ATI and everybody kind of like 3d effects. They, they put their foot in the gas. I seven forty doesn't look viable. Intel calls it quits. You know, they basically take the leftovers and they throw it into their chipset. The I, the I 10, if I remember right. And they gave up on discrete graphics because they got their nose yeah. punched in. Basically, within what two generations? Because you had i seven forty, then i seven fifty two, and then they just they gave up. Well, this is no fun. If you were sitting in the boardroom at at Intel in the late nineties, and if you were that voice that said, "Like, look, I know we lost. We got our asses handed to us by Nvidia, ATI, and three D effects, and even Matrox lumped us up." I'm telling you. We need to stay in discrete graphics because there is a future in discrete graphics, right? And if everybody's like, get out of here, we don't care what you think. That person now, that would be like, huh, see, NVIDIA's foothold in, in data center, the billions and billions of dollars in data centers because somebody said, no, we're going to do this. And I just kind of wonder, like, if, if somebody in the Intel boardroom is going to go like, yeah, look, if we cut off discrete graphics now, or we just give up on graphics, which is kind of like what some people think they should do is seems kind of, it's like, it's the same thing all over again as the 1990s where they could be in a command position of data center and graphics. You know, maybe they could have beat Divinity eventually, but they, they, the short sightedness of that decision in the late nineties brought them to the situation they're in now in a lot of ways and making decision now to, to kill off all graphics, same thing. Right. Yeah. 
I'm sorry, Absolutely. I bring up the old, the old, because I just kind of think like <laughs> these decisions that yours, every single big company, like, man, we should have zigged and we should have zagged. And you look at it two decades later, it seems insane. And this could be that inflection point, right? Where, yeah. and it just was like, yeah, you can you, and here's a question can you survive in Intel's position without graphics? I mean, they haven't said, because I mean, the reporting is, Consumer graphics will give up on that. We're going to stay in data center, made professional, but you have to do both, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Because uh, these are they require overlapping core competencies. So if you are very good at data center GPU, uh, there's no reason you wouldn't be good at sort of commercial GPU as well. Uh, it's it's very overlapping, and more often than not, the cancellation of one product year will always be sort of preceded by the cancellation of the other product years. So if Intel decides to cancel uh, commercial desktop discrete graphics, then they're going to sort of try to cancel the other product years as well, eventually in a couple of years. So it's sort of a slippery slope once you start uh, once you start concatenating the, the product lineup. So uh, I really hope that Intel does not eventually decide to do that. And I really hope that uh, they... Because I think if you're entering the GPU race, you will need at least three, four generations just to get up, just to get over the learning curve of the driver stack of the software stack, accumulating the required trillions of uh, consumer hours that that have gone into you know gaming, etc. So uh, I think that Intel needs to understand, and and you know their top bean counters, they need to understand that it's simply too early to make that call. You don't have the data required to make the call on whether Intel can ever be competitive because uh, you're just not there yet. You can sort of uh, take the cake before it has finished baking and decide that it doesn't taste good. You have to let it finish and mature. And I think Intel has a good chance of doing that. And uh, in fact, if the GPU market does enter into a glut, they can sort of uh, shift focus to their mobility lineup and sort of uh, compete very successfully there as well. And then they can... And since it's the same chip, essentially, they can use the experience from there to improve their driver stack, to improve future desktop uh, GPUs as well. So I think they're in a decent position compared to NVIDIA and AMD because these companies have already built up a lot of inventory levels. Uh, Intel has just started building up their inventory level for Alchemist. So they are in a much better position to sort of moderate it with, with what the expectation for the GPU market is going to be. So, yeah. That's a really good point because, I mean, yeah. Do we think there's four million R cards sitting in a warehouse somewhere? I'm, I'm absolutely not. I, absolutely not. <laughs> so yeah. I guess the thing is that you, they still got to pay TSMC for those parts and the you know all the. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of money there, but it's <laughs> yeah. it's not the same probably in investment that Nvidia and AMD right have right now, kind of like rolling just yeah. out there uh, on the line. And and again, this kind of gets to what Adam was saying earlier. I Nvidia and AMD certainly did not see it coming to this abrupt halt, right? Because we basically had Crypto crash, worldwide yeah. recession. I mean, everything like is a perfect storm of every bad, you know, turd sandwich you could get for this. And uh, it's just no one saw it coming, right? So no one, definitely no one saw it coming. If you're looking at all those yeah. uh, cards that were ordered, uh, uh, I want to point out Ian, Doctor Ian Cutters, <laughs> uh, Tech Tech Potato. Well, go check out his channel. He's he just got back from Israel, I think, but are he's still there? He's I'm still not quite there. Sure. Yeah. I and I read your Twitter, Ian. Because somebody, because he was taking questions from the Intel event in Israel, and they said like, "Is R canceled?" That's it. that's all about the answer. And Intel and uh, Ian, if I'm if I'm quoting correctly, Ian said on Twitter in public, "No, it's not canceled." So that's another sort of like, you know, vote for it's not canceled for what he's hearing anyway. 
Uh, the, a really great question from the end, uh, uh, friend of the show, the end in the chat. Uh, is Intel still too big to fail? Yeah. No. Yeah, no. I think it's, well, you, you go first. <laughs> you think it might fail? I mean, uh, no. So I think uh, uh, the problem with Intel isn't that it's now no longer too big to fail. The problem with Intel is that they're still too focused on on the dividend. So uh, AMD was a completely cashless company back when they were trading for under a dollar. Yet Lisa managed to not only raise a successful CPU architecture, she managed to keep the Radeon line alive as well, all the while being not profitable. So it's not exactly about being too big or too small to fail. It's about how much risk you are willing to take on behalf of your shareholders. And unfortunately, I don't see Intel as being uh, very risk-taking right now. They're, they're, they're certainly more risk-averse. They do not want to eat into their dividends. And I think that is probably one of the biggest risks on uh, good future diversification opportunities because Intel has sort of has to sort of face the music here. They have to face reality that they need to now take a significant amount of risk in order to be the behemoth they, they were five years ago once again. So I think it's not a question of will they do it. It's a question of they, they definitely should do it. Also, didn't they just get a lot of money from the U.S. government? Yes, to the continue chip to, the chip yeah, act. yeah, the Chips Act. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, the Chips Act. I actually filed a Freedom of Information Act for the Chips Act multiple times, and there, there there's very little details surrounding it. Hmm. But most of the uh, the money from the Chips Act it's going to be going into the foundry business, and it's going to hmm. and unfortunately some of it is actually going to go back as dividends to shareholders, which I think is is sort of unfair. To uh, to Congress because uh, <laughs> that money was not meant to go to shareholders, but uh, I'm probably going to get chewed out about this later. But no, uh, no. as an yeah. as an American citizen, yeah. I am absolutely yeah. shocked, absolutely shocked <laughs> that Sarcasm. my tax paying dollars are being yeah. funded through the United States Congress to a multi billion dollar corporation. I I just yeah. this. This never happens in the United States where <laughs> the United States Sarcasm. government just hands money out to rich companies who then give the money back as dividends and stock buybacks to their corporations. This never does. Sarcasm. That's my sarcasm. Yes. This is, <laughs> I, I agree with you. So you, you, you're not based in the United States. You're probably like, yeah. that seems kind of crazy. But yes, we run crazy here really well. So, yeah. So, uh, to give you a bit more context about the inner workings of Intel, their bean counters are not going to be like, oh, we're getting a windfall from the chipset. So let's give AXG more 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 rope. That's not how they work. They, 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 they actually do just look at the ROI. And AXG is not going to be good from an ROI perspective for quite a few years now. So uh, and, and that, I think, is the biggest threat with this story. And uh, sort of what I hoped to sort of negate just a tiny bit with my editorial. So yeah, the chip sector is, is not going to impact the decision about AXG. Absolutely not. That money is sort of earmarked for the foundry business and dividends, and that's it. And maybe some of it is going to go into R&D, but it's certainly not going to go into AXG. That, they're not willing to invest more into AXG at this point in time. Uh, however, they, 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 they could and they should keep it alive because they've already spent all of that R&D money. It doesn't make sense to let it die now since they don't have to spend a lot. We just keep it afloat and test the markets. And yeah, I hope that's what we'll see. And uh, in fact, uh, uh, coming on to Intel 13th generation, if you want, Gordon, 
Uh, I saw that uh, they announced the six the six gigahertz chip as well. That's probably going to be the the KS version because I actually leaked the entire lineup of uh, 13th generation. I think a month or so ago, and uh, the the normal versions, the K versions, they, right. they, they 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 cap out at 5.8. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the six gigahertz version is probably going to be the KS version. No, that that's 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 makes the most sense. Uh, I do want to move on to 13 gen six gigahertz but i bet adam has a ton of questions about arc still because people just love talking about <laughs> i i, I do actually yeah, i have, I have, a, I have a, a funny uh super chat from uh john john doe k uh, i'm sorry john doe kck I, I i got it right five dollars thank you so much it said uh going forward uh all uh pure speculation guests should be required to eat paper at the start of the show uh <laughs> oh if they're wrong yeah there you go <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just a funny thing we do at the end of the year where we uh, make predictions and, and eat paper if, if we're wrong. Yeah, because I, uh, I do think like I think any of us, if we make bold predictions, you should be called on the carpet like, yeah, I was wrong on that. And, you know, yeah. you're only as good as what your sources tell you. Yeah. And and again, yeah. I, I want to point this out. Uh, sources have they have different things. They have different axes they want to grind. I've had people leak stuff exactly. to me that they wanted to exactly. they wanted to bury that axe so hard into somebody. And yeah, they leaked it to me and I used it. And that's we're being basically used as as an axe. And you know, it's 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 true. And yeah. and off and these things can also not always in a large company like Intel be what they can both be right. I will give you the example I've I've cited here before. I was at an Intel event, they were showing off Westmere. Uh, six core, thirteen sixty six, and you know they had to pay developers to 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 have a game support it and all this, and we're like, oh cool, uh, wow, this seems crazy. You still have this like big socket, small socket AMD's, and, like no one buys it. at that time. No one would buy AMD. They were essentially dead in the water. Does it make sense to still have this big socket? I was asking another Intel person at the launch event for Westmere, where they're showing to the press, and like, no, we're gonna big socket will go away. Right, we're gonna, we're just gonna for consumers. All you need is a small socket. You'll be locked into quad core for the rest of the existence, right? <laughs> and I went back to the person who was showing off the big socket at Intel, and I said, "Hey, so and so just said that uh, you're gonna get rid of this, and you know, soon you're gonna transition away to a single socket." They're like, "Hell no!" Like, like <laughs> so that's within Intel at the launch yeah. event where people are like exactly. trying to like shiv each other because they have a different view. I mean. If you work at a corporation or if you work at Best Buy, somebody in somebody like in the cashier line probably want to screw with you. There's always some infighting at every single company, every single organization, no matter how small or big. And this could very well be that. So I just want to point that out before we go uh, on. Also, yeah, I, I mean, there definitely is a lot of chatter about like, wait, why are we talking about this? You know, like uh, it, this is all speculation, wh whatever. I would say uh, for me specifically, one of the, I like to know like how business is done like 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 sure when it comes to like buying decisions and at the end of the day if a bad product is a bad product whatever it doesn't matter uh, but I still like to know how how things are done I I would say it, there was kind of a turn there was a turn in my life where I played a lot of video games and I didn't care about who made them or anything in the industry. And then I got more interested in like, Oh, what does it take to make video games? Like, well, what is the industry doing? You know, and like, uh, and listening to podcasts and, and reading articles about the insider stuff. It doesn't change 
my enjoyment of, of a video game or whether I, I buy it or not. But also, like, it's the same thing here, too. Like, I like hearing, like, oh, I like thinking about, okay, this is how a, a big company operates. This is how products get made when they get made. You know, at the end of the day, a bad product is a bad product. Good product is a good product. But at the same time, I don't know. I, I like hearing kind of uh, a lot of the business stuff behind it, which is, is why I, I like talking about it in this space. So Cool. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I do think we should, uh, move on to, to 13, 13th gen. Uh, but first I do want to remind all, all you fine folks out there, uh, please tune in, uh, to, uh, a, a, a challenge that we have sponsored by team viewer. who's also sponsoring today's episode. Thank you so much. Uh, that, is, that Gordon is going to live troubleshoot a broken PC that I broke uh and and gordon's uh, hopefully with the help of the chat you got to tune in and and help gordon get through it because it's uh it's going to be a slog but he's only going to be able to troubleshoot it remotely uh it's going to be fun we're going to have some some fun tools at our disposal thanks to uh thanks to team viewer and uh thank you to team viewer for sponsoring this Uh, when when they came to us with the sponsorship i think both gordon and i were like hey this makes sense uh i mean number one we don't us personally don't review team viewer but also number two like it's something that we use even in our personal lives idg as our as our big parent company actually has a team viewer uh uh contract too so like team viewer is is a known quantity uh and there's even free versions you should so definitely you know check out teamviewer.com see if 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 it makes sense and gordon made a good point earlier if if it saves you a, a, a trip down the road just for a quick fix on uh one of your family members <laughs> machines then uh then there you go. It, it was it was worth the free price of admission, right? Right. So anyway, Definitely. yeah. So thank you, Team Viewer, uh, and and thanks everyone. Uh, you know for 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 chatting about this this arc stuff. I I know it's uh it's interesting to hear about. There's a lot of a lot of heated takes, but uh, I I don't I don't think people can get too heated about six gigahertz. Uh, do you, do you think people are are excited? Do you think they're bummed? What what do you think, Gordon? What's the temperature of the room on six gigahertz CPUs? I think I wrote a column, uh, of course, an inflammatory column. I, I don't. Know, I'm going to bounce out of Usman here. I basically said Intel has won. They've 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 won the battle here with Ryzen seven thousand because they have six gigahertz, and that's <laughs> that's better than five point seven gigahertz. And B- bigger number, better. I was, it's very cynical because I know you you know I know it doesn't mean jack squat because different architectures, different different. Different power limits, different this, different that. There, you can't even compare. It makes zero sense to even do that. But cynically, I know people buy. They see like, whoa, six gigahertz. That is a big ass round number. It's six. It's six. And I think that that really does work. And that I guess that's kind of and you as you pointed out earlier, they didn't say which part it would be in. So like thirteen nine hundred k, probably five eight. Looks like you leaked this thirteen nine. Uh, 13900k yeah. will be 5a boost they're saying six gigahertz so it'll be a ks part which be far more limited pricier and all that stuff but the stunt is great because it's like six gigahertz we hit six gigahertz yeah. first is it do you think it's yeah. worth it i think it's worth it uh that depends on whether you consider yourself an enthusiast <laughs> <laughs> because i think that there's some maybe some uh historical value to owning a six gigahertz processor but uh, from a gaming point of view, it's not going to make much of a difference. Well, 6% maybe yeah. in some non-GPU limited 
Yeah, I know. It's not going to make me. Oh, actually, you know, six, three percent difference. Gordon, I, I feel like this is more like, you know, those people who go into comments and say first, this is, this is more like that. Hey, first, you know, I think the thing Maybe is if you're running 720p with like uncapped. Uh, yeah, with a 4090 minutes. Ti liquid cool yeah. yeah no i i just i do think like see like the problem is you know we get the enthusiasts anybody watching this channel is is an enthusiast if you read wccf tech every day because you want to know the latest you're an enthusiast you know that it's just a cynical play to work on your emotions uh i will say for these companies it's a big deal getting to these big round numbers though is yeah is a, it is significant value you know uh, amd i want to point out beat intel to one gigahertz it was a, it was a, it was a it was a huge embarrassment to intel at the time I, you know amd beat intel to one gigahertz and it was like this huge deal was that really such a big deal over 933 megahertz no but it was but it was just a big deal and every 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 barrier you break gets gets people excited. Like first to two gigahertz, first to three gigahertz, four gig. The big round number it works on everybody. So I think that is something. Yeah. It's a milestone that works, you know, very well. And especially for the company because they want to be able to. I know that you know we all sort of see people who work at large companies as these robots who don't care. They cash a check. They the robots, but you if you. If now we know we ha- we know our coworkers that like are not doing any work and they're not worth a damn, but there's people at every company that just they want to win, they want to win, and they don't like getting their ass handed to them. So they are gonna they if they can get the six gigahertz and puff their chest out, that is like a big deal. So I don't think people should take. So that's I know the enthusiasts are sneering at it, but I also think like it's actually fairly significant because it's it's a still a good milestone for somebody to hit. Yep. So I, that's that's yeah. my take on it. But yeah, no, it doesn't matter. Buy the K part or lower. Do you? Yeah, but I think. Good. Yeah, go ahead. I was just. What, what do you think? Like, what else do you think that came out of uh, Intel this week that was of any surprise? I mean, clearly, six gigahertz. Uh, I don't think there was too much more. Although they did say that. I think the other revelation, which is not exactly a surprise, is Raptor Lake, which is 13 Gen. Uh, they were able to pull in development of it, I think six months. Because they basically, hey, we're just going to use, you know, uh, Alder Lake platform yeah. for it. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, I, I think uh, the more interesting question would be how much power it would take to, for you to actually reach six gigahertz. Because uh, as we have seen uh, with, with Intel processors, uh, the PL1 and PL2 difference is massive. If you want to hit those high clocks, you are going to have to let the CPU eat roughly two times whatever the rated TDP is of PL1. So uh, I, I expect that behavior to remain the same with Raptor Lake as well. And uh, you're going to have uh, processors that are easily sipping 250 watts to to hit that 6 gigahertz milestone. Now, uh, that said, gamers don't really care about uh, your electricity bill as much. But I think when you couple that with uh, NVIDIA's upcoming lineup, maybe a 4090 Ti, you have a computer that's outputting power, uh, outputting heat in the range of uh, around a thousand watts, and they might not care about the electricity bill, but they will care when you know the computer sort of starts becoming an actual heater because uh, <laughs> due to the laws of thermodynamics, that heat does end up in your room. So, and you essentially have a thousand watt heater uh, running whenever you're playing a game at full load. So, and uh, 
we have actually seen spikes on those forty uh, ninety cards that that go up to eight hundred watts. So it's going to stress out the power supply units a lot as well. So you you definitely won't be able to use your older PSUs, and you will have to trigger an upgrade cycle for the PSUs as well to have sort of a, a you know completely end all PC build of late twenty twenty two. So it's going to be very interesting from a design point of view on how the PC DIY market shapes up by the end of the year. Yeah, I I do think um, PC DIY, especially on the enthusiast end, high end, shouldn't get hit too hard. I mean, because like I, you know, people things are going to yeah. slow down. But you know, if you're into fly fishing, if you're into cars, if you're into whatever hobby you're into, that's just. That's it. Doesn't matter how much it costs, really, because that's that's just your yeah. thing. You're going to spend money. A, a person who yeah. buys a two thousand dollar carbon fiber, you know, fishing rod, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to fish any better with it. But I can tell you that person who paid for it will will love buying it. But well, and actually, VC Jester in the chat gave us five dollars super chat. Thanks so much. Said uh, whatever chip can fill a four terabyte hard drive with AI generated Gordon art the quickest that's, is the chip for him. That's what you want. <laughs> I I do think like you're right because like uh, um one of the for what I've been told by people, like power supplies, which were really hard to get, and they've built up inventory now, nobody nobody wants. So, like they have basically these containers and containers in the United States, containers and containers of power supplies that are just going to be blown out. And I do think if you're looking like, wow, I can get this power supply at a great deal now because now prices are coming down, I would sort of think I I want ATX 3.0 for my next power supply if I'm thinking high end. So for the DIY enthusiast space, you definitely don't want to buy a low-end power supply. And it does also think like the problem I think with these next generation cards is it's probably not going to be as bad as some people are making it out to be, except for the people who are really going to cut corners. So you're going to take your 650, 750, you're going to buy a higher end graphics card and you're, you know, and the people just don't know because they somehow score this card and then they then they use their adapters on this thing and they plug it in. It's 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 probably going to smoke something, I think. So it's going to be, it feels like there needs to be more education for the, that yeah. will be coming into, you know, early next year. I think they'll maybe. probably achieve that using uh, the, the, the power adapter. So it's not going to be compatible. So, but of course, uh, uh, well, you can't really avoid it if someone uses an adapter and sort of converts that power adapter back to, the old PCI port, so yeah, yeah. So that's my real fear is like you know because I I've, <laughs> I've seen PCs where they take the adapter and they they basically yeah. plug them all into the same cable and it's it's not yeah. the best way to do it. So I, I that yeah. that'll be interesting. Uh, what was the well, other thing? Actually, that I, we, we do have some news. Uh, oh, up, up on PCWorld.com today, the, there's two pieces of news. Uh, Intel showed off a prototype of the uh, eight gig. <clears throat> eight gigabit per second uh on on thunderbolt oh. or i'm sorry 80 80 gigabit per second uh on thunderbolt is just a prototype no announcement of a new spec but yeah uh, we have an article from mark hockman uh that just went up uh that just went up about that wow that's cool yeah oh, wait and actually there he cites a tweet from dr ian cutters of tech tech potato go over to his channel smash uh that bell and subscribe yeah basically showing off thunderbolt 80 gig so yeah uh, also, uh, j- just posted uh, a-, a little bit ago, uh, Mark Hockman is is back with uh, Oops Intel's 13th Gen CPU specs leaked by Intel. Oh, uh, I guess uh, there was a-, a little bit of a-, a leak on a 
Canadian yeah. website or something. So Intel does that from time to time. <laughs> yeah. So we have the <laughs> uh, we have three three CPU parts with a, a little bit of information. <laughs> so that just came out too. You know, there's been a. Uh, have you done any uh, reporting around sort of the lower end? Because I've heard that you know basically i5 and up K's will all be Raptor Lake guys, and then there's some talk that lower end parts will be Alder Lake. I think I saw that. Uh, Good. Yes. So uh, there is some evidence to support that based on the specs I leaked. And uh, that is essentially, if you look at the DDR4 rates, uh, you will see that there is a discrepancy between the high-end parts and the low-end parts. So uh, that does seem to be true. Yeah. And I I think people are going to be kind of angry about that because they're going to get a 12th gen die. Yeah. Looking at my docs, uh, the Core i5-13400, uh, and the Core i5-13400F and the, actually, yeah, that's it. So these two uh, SKUs, they have a lower uh, DDR4 max speed of, uh, uh, sorry, DDR5 max speed of 4800, whereas the high-end ones have a DDR5 max speed of 5600. So that probably does uh, lend credence to the fact that those are older right. Alder Lake dyes. Oh, yeah, because uh, Intel has, yeah, yeah, Intel has actually already quoted pricing for these uh, parts, some of these parts to its partners, and uh, yeah, based on the pricing as well, I would say that you're probably looking at uh, the Alder Lake dyes for the low end stuff. Although I, I do want to point out to people who are like, "What? You can't sell me Core i five non K and then call it." 12, 13, I guess the, the constellation prizes, we're going to give you a buttload more cores. Like, so like the previous Alder Lake part, yeah, you got like yeah. maybe, you know, uh, eight cores. Now we're going to give you like 12 or something. You're going to get significantly yeah. more performance out of these lower end parts. Yes. Yes. Do you, um, so the pricing, I don't know if you, you have any insight. Do you think the pricing is going to be far North of what AMD has announced? Because, you know, AMD prices, uh, you know. So, uh, so I can tell you, uh, keep in mind, these are the pricing for Intel's partners. And uh, it might include some rebate. I'm not sure. Uh, but for example, the 3900KF uh, is quoted at around $609. The 3900K is quoted at around $635. The, 37, the 3700KF is quoted at $423. 3700 at $444. Uh, the 13600 at $286 and the 13600K at $311. So that's, that's not too bad. I mean, if they're 40 bucks uh, the, more yeah. than a 7950X yeah. and they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. that seems pretty real. At the high end, what's the i5K yeah. part? I mean, because that's the one that everybody's uh, kind of like. Hey. I am not sure I have okay. the i5 part because the last one is 13600K. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The 13600 is the i5. So the 13600K is code, is being quoted to Intel's partners at $311, and the 13600KF is being quoted to Intel's partners at $282.75. Huh, okay. And I'm just trying to... God, what was 1200K uh, price? To a 12600K is uh, 270 Oh, yeah, yeah. so not a, not a deal breaker, it feels like, because, I mean, 12600K yeah. was not a cheap, necessarily cheap, cheap in price, but cheap in performance because you got a crap load of performance from that 12 sensor k especially against a six core ryzen so it doesn't sound that bad now now i have to i have to make my brain work again what was ryzen <laughs> 5 7600 x 
300. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that to me, if you're, I mean, yeah, the prices could go up a little bit, but honestly, once sort of the yeah. initial demand is over, they were both going to be pretty competitive because a lot of people were bracing for really, really high prices, it sounds like. Well, James Pryor in the chat does make a good point. Remember when the i5 and the Ryzen 5 was $200? Yes. Yes. I mean, it, there, there's been a lot of price creep. I also remember when I used to pay three, $3 for 16 eggs. So I, I think it's, it's just a, it's just terrible. I thought you were going to say three dollars for for gas, a gallon of gas. I, I do like, oh, remember man, paying three dollars. I remember paying <laughs> under two dollars a gallon, and I took a pic. You know, it's one of the things you take. A, I should have taken a selfie with it. Is what I should have done. <laughs> I took a picture of the price because it's like in California. In California, price is still five dollars a gallon. So it's it's yeah. insane. Ugh. Thank you, great. Thank you, California. But um, I think yeah, price. Prices are, I mean, I think the thing is, I was kind of concerned that it would be priced over uh, Ryzen 5 and uh, uh, Ryzen, 7, Ryzen 9 significantly, where they would not be competitive. And it sort of, it sort of seems like there'll be, price is not going to be a determining factor, it feels like, on these parts. Yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah. Um, but I, I do know that Usman has a, a hard oh. out. Uh, I don't know how much time you have, you have left, uh, Usman. Uh, uh yep. Uh, to... Five more minutes. Okay, and, five uh, more minutes. Yeah. Right. Okay, let's let's move on. Next one, GeForce. Well, it was anything else for Intel. Uh, that, that, that I think that's about it. Six gigahertz is more than five point seven gigahertz. Well, that's I, 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 I will say the, the so the the leaked the leaked info though. Yeah, on the these parts, uh, do we want to cover that? Because the the thirteen nine hundred K says up to five point four on the P core max frequency. So, I mm. think. <laughs> I it sounds to me like those are filler. I'm gonna guess those are filler numbers. You think so? Yeah, because if they're pushing six gigahertz, I I, I don't. Well, once think again, it, that that's probably the KS part. Yeah, yeah but there, the there's but there's no way the K like so Usman and also I think also uh, Igor also leaked as, as well, saying yeah. five eight. So all indicators are five eight. I don't see. I don't see well. Although it'd be an interesting take, but I don't see five four being the um, uh, what it'll be at. I think five eight because they they sort of need the single threaded clocks. But maybe yeah. I actually I actually leaked all of the 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 clock the boost clocks, including the P core max one two four core six core eight core E core max two four eight twelve sixteen all of the the boost clocks. <laughs> So yeah, it's 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 definitely five point eight for the thirty nine hundred K, which is why I think uh, unless they're planning to roll out an update or something, which would be odd because they don't really do that this late in the game. Right. It's probably the KS version. They wouldn't tweak it just to like. Would they tweak exactly. it? Because a lot of people are like, oh, they're going to make an adjustment because now AMD is showing his cards. I I don't think right. That's how so it the goes. only adjustment that they can make is to the dynamic overclocking uh, that they have. But that depends a lot on how much you're cooling the processor and, and a lot of other variables, and it's not reliable. Yeah. So uh, their, their boost clocks are typically baked into the product, and they don't really rely on how much you're cooling the processor. But if you enable that dynamic overclocking, uh, which I think is the only way they can actually do that, then, then it, it, you're not, uh, there, there isn't any guarantee that you'll be able to hit six, is what I'm saying with that. So which is why I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that that is the KS version. Yeah. And uh, they have only quoted prices of the non-KS variants to Intel partners right now. 
I sent uh, Adam the screenshot with the partner names blanked out, and yeah, you can you can check that out as well yeah. on Twitter. But yeah, so hmm. interesting. This it'll be I you know to me as a as a as a, as a gearhead who has watched these wars go on for decades. I I look forward to this. I mean, it's exciting to see two two really a, you want to see a, a good game, right? Because you don't want to see a slaughter. Those are the worst things ever. So. A good game is yeah. always better for everybody, so I'm I'm looking really forward to it. Nice. All right. Well, uh, a couple minutes. Uh, G Force Beyond. Uh, Intel has has announced, or not Intel. Uh, Nvidia. Sorry. Nvidia has announced G Force Beyond. Uh, what do we think? Forty series there. Uh, it's uh, Nvidia is Nvidia. Uh, I'm never going to bet against Jensen. <laughs> no. They're going to. <laughs> Yeah, you're not going to catch me betting against Jensen ever. So, but uh, AMD is also putting up a very, very strong uh, GPU lineup this time. We're very hopeful from them. So let's see. Uh, uh, the absolute performance crown is probably still going to stay with NVIDIA, but uh, I wouldn't count out to AMD at this point. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be a really good. It's going to be a really good battle between both of them. Yeah. it sounds like. Shaking. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, but I fully expect to see 4090 Ti, and that's it, sort of, in what, next week, right? Is it next week? So yeah. GeForce Beyond? And, absolutely. And that, that actually gives uh, sort of Intel an opportunity as well, because uh, they're launching their high-end cards first. So if Intel can sort of find that sweet spot in price-to-performance of their A770, uh, who knows, especially in the pre-built market, uh, they can capture a few single-digit words of market share right from launch because uh, it's it's sort of the OEMs that you really need to get on board. The DIY market is not really that uh, sort of big of an early adopter of these things, but uh, the OEMs are. So I think uh, NVIDIA's launch cadence actually gives uh, Intel an opportunity as well. Yeah, and then also sort of the market being the glut mostly for AMD exactly. and NVIDIA. It does kind of exactly. like, it does give Intel probably strangely more room than you'd expect, right? Because yep. AMD and N NVIDIA do not want to, as much as they'd like to go over and punch Intel in the face, they do so by also the hurting their own, you know, inventory that's yeah. just eating up all their partners. So that, that'll yep. be interesting to see how that plays out. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do, do you, uh, do you need to pop out here? Uh, yep. Uh, thanks so much for having me on board, guys. Uh, it was great talking to you. Yeah, awesome. So again, once again, uh, Usman Prasadi, go over, check out WCCF Tech. I go there every day to see what's going on. So go there, read his stuff, awesome things. And thanks for coming. Bye, yeah. guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yep. Uh, so Gordon, <clears throat> if if we want to uh, continue to to chat for a second, um, the uh, your no audio for you for me. What? Yeah, there you go. You were away from the mic. Oh, sorry. Uh, so if uh, if we want to uh, chat for a second, the I I will mention that you know people are talking about uh, oh will will they end up having um, a forty series on uh, uh, at this GeForce Beyond event? Uh, we'll note that that typically GTC is not a consumer show, right? Right. I was actually kind of surprised by that. Oh, you're pulling up the browser. Yeah, I'm gonna bring up. I was actually surprised because, well, I wasn't, but I mean, I you know, GTC has traditionally been only focused on you know data center AI, very high end um, uh, markets. So for the Nvidia suddenly to pivot to push out GeForce now is 
kind of a break. I feel it feels like, although there is precedent, they have talked G. I think the original GeForce Titan was shown off at a at an early GTC event. So it, it has happened. I think it's just simply timing. You know, if they're going to do this, if they want all the eyeballs on GTC because they want to push GTC, it doesn't hurt to also show off of a forty ninety Ti there. That's clearly a consumer product more than a than a you know, a workstation or, or, or data center. Product, yeah. So. Well, I, th- I think they'll wait on the TI. I, I bet they'll just start with a 4090, but the, yeah, I think it's a good point because if you think about 20 series or 2000 series launch, right. What, what was the big push? It was ray tracing. Jensen got up there. He talked a, a lot about ray tracing, kind right. of helping plebes like me understand it, but it, it still was hard <laughs> to understand at that time. Uh, but I, I think there's probably a chance here that they're going to kind of talk about something else because, I mean, they're talking about GeForce, but then beyond meeting what's what's coming up for gaming. So I think, yes, the card is a part of that. But I bet they're really going to lean into a lot of the software stuff or, you know, a lot of the, you know, maybe maybe some other new upscaling thing, maybe uh, DLSS 3.0, you know, right. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Or whatever. What's what's other than ray tracing? I, I, you know, I mean, what, what's you could, next? You could see more implications of AI and game development showing up, you know, right. they've been showing yeah. that off and it's just getting more and more advanced. It's it's pretty damn cool. You know, maybe you're, you don't have to have artists sitting down cranking out textures manually anymore. And, you yeah. Maybe it's a way to. I mean, but you would think that'd be a GDC would be a better placement for that. But you would think like maybe they would do hardware, you know, and where else we're going to go beyond it? Because you know, whatever this this next end part, which is supposed to be significantly faster than previous parts, what does that enable? I mean, who the hell needs more frame rates at this point? Do you really need? I mean, how many of us are running 4K 120 hertz panels? I mean, nobody's even playing. Most people are not even playing 4K, right? Most people are playing at lower res, yeah. higher refresh. Well, and even my 3080 Ti at 4K is not breaking a sweat either. I've talked about that too. So, yeah, but, which is why I think they probably won't focus too much on hardware. I bet it's GTC. They're probably going to lean, a little, you know, in in into more software. I don't know. I don't know, but that's 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 my guess. We will do we will uh, do some sort of coverage around it, whether it's a, a live stream kind of talking about it. We need to kind of figure out the details, but uh, we if you, if you want to watch it with us, uh, chances are that we'll probably do some sort of watch party. So, uh, yeah, I think we should because I mean, normally we wouldn't because it's just you know you start talking about self driving cars, it gets yeah. hard to pay attention, but. Uh, I think definitely people want to know about G4. So I'm excited. Who isn't excited to see the, the next thing come along? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say <clears throat> that it's kind of not wrapped up in here, but there was a lot of chatter. Uh, oh, man. Was it over on, on Discord? Uh, okay. Here we go. Uh, I, I think it fits in this section. I was going to hold it for Q&A, but I, I think it kind of fits in this section. Uh, mostly running at stock. Uh, had a... Uh, uh, had a question and, and comment uh, relating to Jay's Two Cents video. I don't know if you got a chance to watch Jay's Two Cents video about NVIDIA laying out its plans to manipulate the market. Have, have you watched that? Yeah, I mean, I love Jay. I, I think uh, maybe a little little leaned a little too hard on, on um, manipulation because I, I think that's a strong word to use. Yeah. And he does point that out in his video as well. So I, I, I don't want people to think that 
Well, and also to point out, manipulation has a negative connotation, yeah, but really that it's not necessarily. It's not necessarily. Yeah. That's the thing is like you can say because manip- I'm going to manipulate, you know, my middle finger and that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm manipulating it. <laughs> it doesn't mean negative. Maybe the end result of my middle finger manipulation is negative, but the actual manipulation means I've moved it. I just like to stay away from language that might be sort of interpreted incendiary, as incendiary. Um, I, I do think, though, that like. This is, I sometimes wonder where, where the internet is coming from. And I, I know a lot of people think like I'm downplaying everything. It's because I have had a lifetime, a lifetime of being manipulated by the free market. And the free market is like, if I can charge you $25 for a loaf of bread, I'm charging you $25 for a loaf of bread. And that is everything from gasoline to bread, to eggs, to graphics cards, to phones. You charge what? you can charge. I mean, that's what these companies and frankly, a lot of people are driven by is like, I want more money for myself. That's so that's why to me, sometimes I'm, I'm a little taken aback by it because these, their charter is to make money for their investors. That's what their, their sole existence is for um, as a corporation. When somebody gives you their money, you have to give them money back. Otherwise they don't give you any more money. Um, I, at the same time, there are people at these companies that, they're there to do amazing things. They, you know, they want to build a rocket to go to Mars. They want to build the fastest graphics card. They want to build a CPU that goes to six gigahertz. So uh, I, I do think there is, you have to balance that as well. But these, this, the system we live in is, is driven by maximizing profit from every single aspect of it. Right. I mean, yeah. and I mean, think about it, like everybody's like, well, I wouldn't do that. Well, you know, I wouldn't either, but believe me, I'm a terrible business person. Like, you don't want to, you don't want to listen to me. Like, you know, you, and you, and I, I think here's a way for, to help people understand this. If, if you play a game, any of the SIM theme park, SIM this, SIM that, you want to make this game and you play this game and you're like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to make, I'm going to make utopia. Right. There's been many games. This is like Max. This is like Max has milked this for decades. You want to make the perfect world for everybody. And every game you play, when you make it the perfect world for everybody, it gets wrecked. Like, oh, I'm going to lower prices so everybody can get in. Oh, now there's too many people in my, my, my sim theme park. Now everybody's like, there's just like, there, there's a cause and effect to everything. So I just think people need to sometimes take a chill pill and understand that, you know, it, it doesn't, yeah, I don't like overly profiteering, but at the same time, the only way to fix companies from overly profiteering on products is to give them the middle finger and don't buy it. So that's that's just the best answer for everything. So, um, yeah, I yeah, I was I was kind of curious. I, I didn't quite understand why why there was that much kerfluffle on this. Uh, I, I'll, I'll read running it sucks. Uh what they mentioned and then piggyback off it. Jay's two cents has a really good video that explains what sell in and sell through are in reference to NVIDIA selling GPUs to its board partners. The video also lays out in uh, NVIDIA's CEO statements on the investors financial call, how NVIDIA is trying to game the situation to its advantage. Um, and, you know, and, and, and Jay kind of placed the, the, the audio from the call and, and kind of right. goes through it for, for me when I watch it, uh, you know, and maybe once again, I kind of like following the the business and and learning about how things work. But yeah, that sounded like how a company was gonna do it. They were like, "Oh, hey, we're we're gonna manipulate the market," right. you know, by by oh well, there's there's less 
there's less demand. We have more product. Okay, we need to scale back product till there's more demand. Like, I I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I mean, is it is it great? Do I wish they would have been like, nah, keep pumping out the product, and then the the prices would keep going down? Of course, but for me, like this this didn't feel like anything weird. It felt like, well, yeah, that's what companies do. They it's supply and demand. They're they're going to push those levers and manipulate what what they want to to right to figure out you know to to figure out their end game. Their end game is to to not. Is, is to make money so yeah like yeah but it, it was it was cool seeing yes once again a, a little more explanation of what sell through and sell in uh yeah or, i'm sorry sell in and sell through is because nvidia sells into aib partners aib partners well and also actually there's two different because sell in you could also say then the aib partners sell into newegg but then it doesn't sell through until the end user. So there's kind of multiple levels to that. So right. it, it is interesting. I, I do like learning about that. Yeah, kind of no, it's, it was often um, a way to obfuscate like, oh, my God, we've sold 5 million cards. Like, so if Intel says we've sold 5 million R cards, wow, that's amazing. Sell through? Um, not... Uh, 500. Yeah, not that many because, I mean, it's just... So sell into the, the board partners, sell through to the, the end consumer. Right. That's know. why, you know, there's really sharp business reporters out there kind of looking really closely on this. And the interesting thing is, you know, and the business press is tuned very differently because for us, we advocate for consumers. You know, I tell you, Usman, everybody tells you, like, here's what is better for you you make this decision you buy it that's that's our mandate is to serve you the business press is is basically covering these businesses and they will look and like uh yeah they're kind of hiding this right oftentimes they'll dig into like they made these public statements from this company and here's what's really happening so it's it's a very different thing and i I do yeah i i but again yeah this is i i would love it if intel amd and intel produced graphics cards over over built the market and then had to blow everything out you know 10 cents on the dollar i would love that i would absolutely love that as a consumer i also know that that is not really good long term because these companies have to pay for the light they have to pay for engineers they have to pay for the snacks in the snack bar there's everything it costs a lot of money to run that show and if these companies basically mismanage themselves to where they oversupply the market, having to sell everything at a loss, that means they probably go away. Like, again, looking at the 1990s, there were a dozen graphics cards makers, minimum, minimum. They're all gone. They couldn't They couldn't hack it. And the only ones that are here are the ones that were able to manage their business, right? And mm. as much as everybody kind of thinks like, yeah, you serve me, you should sell me this thing at the absolute rock bottom price. That's not how business works. That's that's not how capitalism works. It's that they're just not going to do that. And also, let's also recognize when they take a profit, money from that profit for these companies does largely go back into R&D. It's not cheap to build a fab. It takes the help of the United States government to build a fab at the scale that Intel is doing right now. So it takes billions and billions and billions of dollars and you got to get that money to invest in your business somewhere. Of course, the worst businesses are the ones that just sort of like take all your money and run, right? I mean, that's mm. what we can see. That's they do Fire one Island. thing and they're gone, yeah. right? Fire Island is not good. <laughs> so people really need to understand that. And yeah. yes, and when the prices get too high and the prices have continued as James Pryor said like, "Geez, you know, I you know, 5 series CPUs are now basically 
what, 300 ish? $300, whereas a decade ago they were $200. Yeah. That kind of sucks. At a certain point, you sort of like now you're priced down to a three series CPU because you're not in the five series class anymore. That stinks. And then the companies kind of see sometimes like, you know, they're always managing us. They want they want our money. They're in their job. Their job is to take our money and they're like, you know what? The the five series parts have gotten too pricey. Now we're losing these say these sales onto five. Maybe we should slowly, you know, change these products back. If we can start slow lowering these prices, we can sort of increase the bubble and make more money. Because that that's that's exactly how everything works in this world. They do this with stupid video games, right? I mean, like yeah. every single little thing is like, oh, sixty five dollars for a game. No one's buying it. Seventy now, yeah. Seventy dollars, you know. Now, of course, you know. I don't know. There's just a lot of different market dynamics in it. You know, like free to play is kind of like hurt everybody, but free to play is like now they're really free now, is it? So, <laughs> uh, uh, but the uh, we we actually had a good uh, point by ooh, friend of the show, uh, Flash Photo said uh, sales promos and rebates can be viewed as manipulation. Yeah, you're manipulating the market. I, like they're not. They're not like you know what. Let's 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 give them fifty bucks off. You know, it's just going to be right. fun for a sale or a rebate. It's like no, they're actually manipulating the market for some reason to lower the price for a little bit of time. Like it's yeah, it's 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 business, I, I, and that's why I feel like the more we know about the business going on, the better we are informed to make decisions and and spend money with our wallets. That VC yeah. Jester gave us five dollars super chat. Said Gordon, I get crucified by the internet when I say we set prices with our wallets. I'm the, I'm the exact same way. If if I don't like something, I I don't buy it. You yeah, know? and so no, and I I not I think the it's your money. It's your money. Don't buy it. I and mean, honestly, the best finger you could give any company is just not to buy their stuff, and yep. they know it. <clears throat> and of course, I know you could say like maybe the cable company or something like because they haven't gotten any better. But eventually, enough people like give them the finger that okay, there's something <laughs> broken here. Yeah. You know, and it's sort of waterfalls back because, you know, a lot of everybody hates the cable company. Cable company is not just simply making content and, and giving it to you for free, right? They're like, they got to pay money out to everybody. So then they go back there and say, look, we're getting the finger from everybody. I'm not going to pay the amount of money you want for your stupid show. Nobody's watching it, right? So you need to give me a break on this. So it's, they push back on their suppliers and it's, it's just this whole waterfall back and forth that we just constantly see. Yeah. So I... I understand why people are angry. Prices are higher. I, you know, and, and frankly, don't buy it. That is the best thing to do. And yeah. I encourage people not to buy things. I, but at the same time, is it okay to like start screaming at the, you know, when you're getting onto your plane, like you should get on the same people, same time as people in first class? No, because you did not pay for first class ticket. Those people paid for their first class ticket. So. <laughs> well, we got a, uh, a five euro super chat from Eternal Duoe. Thank you so, so much. A friend of the show asked, uh, so what's the supply and demand of PC World videos then, huh? You holding back on us? Yeah. <laughs> I will tell yeah. you, yeah, we don't have enough supply. We don't have enough people to make the supply. I wish we had more people to make more videos, uh, believe me, uh, or we would supply you with more. Uh, so, yeah, I guess we need R&D budget. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, because I mean, yeah. everything is just yeah. supply and demand, right? That really is that that market dynamic really is. We, you know, every every part. I just look it's, at like newspapers and magazines around. and kind of where there are, and but I I just think that like I know I and, and believe me, I kind of like the fact that you can get these cards so cheap, and I still think they're going to get cheaper because. But at the same time, the reality is, 
if there's warehouses of 30 series cards and Radeons, uh, 6,000s that are out there, it's going to slow everything down. They're not going to be in a rush to push something out. And then it's going to become this game of chicken. I kind of feel like if you're NVIDIA, do you want to push out a 3060? Uh, you kind of like, they're feeling out, well, what's AMD going to do? If AMD and NVIDIA are basically playing this game of chicken, you could see a 3060 not come out to next summer, right? Because mm-hmm. why would you? If mm-hmm. things are just that bad, which is, you know, we have economic downturn, we have a glut of cards, things could get really, really slow for some time. So yeah, I can see it. And honestly, that's not, is that, yeah, it's good for them. You know, and that's, that's how they're going to want to manage their business. It kind of sucks for people who like the bleeding edge, but to be able to buy a 3070 or a 3060 Ti or a 6800 or 6700 XT, that's to me like, you know, that's still pretty good. But, you know, I, I can see the complaints now. I just, I can just, I, th- I think that's my problem is I've seen the complaints so many times because we went from like, oh my God, I can't buy a card. This is insane to suddenly cards are falling off trees and I want to buy a four series card. I want a 7,000 Radeon. Where, where are they? And then you're going to get this whole like, we're going to flip and everybody's going to be yelling at them to introduce their next generation parts. And they don't want these old parts, right? And yeah. that, that'll be the, the next yelling thing, it feels like. Yeah, well... Yeah, do do what you want with your money. Uh, we should move on Q and A. We we got some good questions. Uh, sorry about the overlay. I I fixed it. Oh. Uh, and then uh, yeah, for, first one is from uh, own or O new blood. Gave us a twenty dollars super chat. Thank you so much. Said, uh, do you think with the success of the Steam Deck, uh, with AMD like other consoles, that Intel will maximize mobile GPU for handhelds? So that is a good question. I and I will say there are some handhelds on the market that are Intel based. Uh, also, lower end laptops, right? You know, do uh, have integrated graphics to to some extent. But yeah, do you, do you think? The Steam Deck is making Intel be like, oh man, we should uh, we should get our IGP in a better place. No, I don't think. Well, or or the or other consoles because uh, AMD is in all the the major consoles except for the the Switch is Nvidia. So Intel has no foothold in any console space like that. So I I don't know. I would think yeah, Intel always wants into new markets. There was this tremendous push for like, oh my god, we need to be in tablets and phones. Yeah, that went over well. I don't know how much that cost. I think oftentimes Intel's issue is, and again, this is part of being a business. They want money for their product. They want real money for their product. So we saw, you remember we saw a Dell Alienware handheld that looked like a Steam Deck? Oh, yeah. Four years ago? Yeah, that was Intel-based, yeah. It could have come out, right? I mean, honestly, I'm sure Valve was entertaining ideas from everybody, and it it could have very well have come out. We saw we saw AMD ones as well, but I, I think, I, but I, I don't think that was an Intel problem. I think that was more Alienware didn't want to go through with mass production of it. Well, in I'm that's I wouldn't was, blame Intel, and that was a right decision on AMD or and Alienware's part because believe yeah. me, if they had come out with a handheld gaming console without SteamOS. It would have been the coolest collectible ever because it would have been like one and done. It, it was cool looking. It was cool looking, <laughs> but I, I'm just saying the problem I think with Intel is they want real money. Uh, I don't think they want to lower prices to get into consoles because Microsoft and Sony don't exactly want like, oh yeah, give it, give us these these uh, these APUs for a really high dollar. So I don't think Intel's willing to go that far, which again is part of the math where we got to pay for the to make these damn things too. So I that's my gut. 
And I, I'm sure they would like to, and maybe at some point there's kind of some intersection where they're like, you know, we got these parts, they were made for mobile, they're going nowhere, and we can we can kick the hell out of these APUs if we sell them for the right price. But then again, you know, Intel also has this weird problem of, you know, they're they're they have oversight where I don't know. Again, I'm I'm not up on on what they have to do, but I would love if I would love it if Intel basically dumped Arcs onto the market for just dirt cheap, where you can get a 770, which is like going to probably duke it out with a 3070, right? Maybe 3060 Ti, to depending on drivers. Depends on games, depends on drivers, but it's going to be in that. Like, what if they just blew those things out? Like, you know what? You hated us. You don't want us. We're just going to blow these damn things out for 180 dollars, right? But does that get them in trouble? Because now it always looks like this is the big. This is the Big fish in the pond, dumping parts. We're going to look hard at this because they're just doing this to ruin AMD and, and, and NVIDIA's game. But I don't know if they're legally able to do that. But as a consumer, I would love to see them do that because then like now you're getting basically 3060 Ti, 3070 class in some games some uh, for dirt cheap, right? Yeah, well, I, and I'll say to, to finish this up, I, I bet, I bet, Intel is wishing they could get a foothold in console space or handheld or, or whatever, but yeah, I, I'm sure it just comes down to, well, to you know well, money and market. And- but look at this. Here's another one I want to bring up. Like originally, the Xbox was built on NVIDIA hardware, right? Uh, the CPU itself. Uh, original, original Xbox. Yeah. Uh, let me look. I, I don't yeah. remember the CPU stuff. The, the GPU, yes. Yeah. So what I remember, and there was there was actually an Xbox where they were able to hack the hypertransport or whatever the what. That was is is Intel based. Yeah, Intel, but Nvidia, right? There's Nvidia graphics. Uh, Nvidia graphics. Yeah, yeah. So I remember at a certain point when Nvidia basically lost the Xbox contract, and people were like. Oh, this is a big blow. You've lost Xbox contract. Don't you care, Jensen? Jensen's like, you know what? They can keep that. They can keep that noise, right? Because basically like, oh, so I need to make this part for you and I need to sell it and make zero or so minimal profit. Like, hell no. It's just not worth it. Basically, he publicly came out and said it just wasn't worth it. So their model, their their expected profit did not work for Xbox. It did work for AMD. So, you know... I mean, it's a business decision every business makes, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. Uh, also, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is funny. The, the hardware that goes into all these different consoles always changes. I'm, that's another reason why I'm glad consoles have essentially just become PCs. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that no, is one, it's, I think. it is pretty nice, right? <clears throat> um, okay. Uh, let's move on. We got a, uh, a question. I forgot to read earlier, but uh, Liquid R, friend of the show Liquid R over on Discord, asked, uh, what would the death of Desktop Arc mean for the endgame service they mentioned during an earnings call? Uh, I had to look it up because I had forgot. Uh, this was in, I think, uh, February or March. Uh, they Intel talked about Project Endgame, which is being able to, to access GPUs in the cloud, and they're all Arc-based GPUs. So, but, so which I would say, if if what we're talking about, and we talked about earlier, a lot of the a lot of the speculation is talking about discrete gaming GPUs, where Project Endgame is probably built off of server stuff. Meaning, if Intel sticks around with GPUs, it's it's going to be in the server space, uh, especially. That's where they want to be. So, I, I bet Endgame is is more more based on that. Maybe maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm misinformed. I I don't know about it. But do you know anything about Project Endgame? I, I don't. But you know. Everybody has to have an answer to, you know, cloud gaming. So, yep. and if you're going to make GPUs, you're going to want to sell them to people who 
need GPUs as well as maybe rolling your own if it's possible. I would think it wouldn't be good if you're going to basically end ARC. And again, I, I think there's a lot of nuance to this. Go watch uh, Moore's All is Dead podcast where Tom talks about it. He doesn't mean dead like, oh, we're going to take it and bury it in the ground. And you'll never see it again necessarily. I don't get that impression because um, he says it could sort of exist in other places. Uh, you know, Usman, who we just had on from WCCF Tech. Also, you know, there's, you know, uh, there's, there's, there's different views. There's definitely different stories kind of being shopped around. And I think it, it would be bad because, you know, well, but Us- I, I'm not, I'm not seeing anybody say that they're not pursuing right. data center. Right. Yeah. You know, so all, all the speculation is talking about consumer. So, yeah. Yeah. But like, as Usman says, you got to have these cards out there to, to get you have to have people basically doing the beta testing for games you don't know the bug exists until somebody plays the game and runs into it you report the bug they can have somebody fix the bug right that's kind of how it works yep. they got a lot of catching up to do if they even want to exist in graphics they gotta they have to do that i don't know how not how just having it in the cloud with endgame would eliminate those bugs right they're still gonna have bugs running those games virtually, weren't you? So. I mean, they got to do that work to run the games. Uh, and if all the talk and, you know, I mean, we saw Steve's video, if all the talk is really that the the drivers are, are one of the, the big things they're working on too, then yeah, they, they need to, they need to focus on the drivers, whether it's in the cloud or not. So uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I forgot to mention at the top, uh, if you have a question right now, uh, put it in the chat and at PC world, uh, so that it's easy for me to see it. Uh, or if you're watching or listening to this later, go over to our discord. There's a link in the description. Uh, we have a full nerd questions channel that, uh, you can drop a, a link in there or a, a question in there. Uh, the next one is from friend of the show, Boria zero. This one might trigger Gordon. So let's see, uh, does having competition at the top end and reasonable TDP, uh, even be impossible, or does it seem like a possibility? Uh, I mean, if one side has efficient design, the other side will pump a lot of power, making it not efficient product be even less efficient. That causes the response. At the end of the day, it's you know everyone's chasing power, right? Uh, this leads to the actual question: Is undervolting the only way in the competitive environment? What is the competitive environment? I don't like. I, th- it- I think they just mean to keep to keep. Uh, power and heat down i think as a as a mainstream consumer answer to any of your power heat concerns no it isn't for mainstream for basically enthusiasts who watch channels and how to's read how to's do it yeah it's a it's a it's a great it's a it's a great way to do it as the average person and i think that's the one thing is unless things have changed i i think People need to understand everybody's living in their own echo chamber. If you watch this stream, you would think that laptop gaming laptops don't exist. You would think that the entire world was based on people building their own desktops. The vast majority of people still buy gaming desktops from pre-built companies, right? There's They outship DIY to a very large extent. DIY is a very small, very important, and also very vocal crowd. So for those people, those are the people that are most likely going to look at overclocking, undervolting, all this, all that. Do I need this thermal paste? Do I do this pattern? The average person just wants to buy their kid a computer and have them play their game and have them stop bugging them so they can relax, right? And that is the vast majority of the world. And even people who buy high-end gaming machines, K, KS, Xparts, 
A lot of them never overclock or do a single thing to them except change the color of the RGB pattern. I think that's what people just really lose sight of. They think everybody is like, like got liquid nitrogen tanks in their background. And that is just <laughs> not the vast majority of people. So you got to keep that in mind that right now we love this stuff. We love discussing it. It is not the, not everybody in the world. So sometimes people kind of lose sight of that. DIY well, is very small, which is a bummer. Cause I, I do think that's why I do like, uh, trying these things out under volting. I just barely learned within the past year, small form factor, you know, all this fun stuff. It's, it's, it's fun to learn about it. And I, I want more people to be educated on things like undervolting because, but yes, I mean, you're right. The majority of people who use a PC are never going to even, they're just going to be like, ah, it's getting hot. I don't know what I can do. I just guess I just buy a new one. Right. You know, so, but I do think there is a place to say, Hey, you know, try to inform, uh, at least more enthusiast people, like, hey, under undervolting is a thing. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because, it, you know, years ago we were undervolting GPUs that were only only eating 125 watts. Now we're going to be undervolting GPUs that are eating up to 500 watts. Like, it, you can only undervolt so much. You can't really outpace. Like, no matter what, the, the companies are still pushing more and more power. And and I think that is the question that Borea Zero is trying to get to. Like, where does that stop? Is it just going to continue to keep going? Are companies going to continue to to pump power into to these products? Like at some point, it's it's got to be done, right? No, <laughs> no. You think they'll just continue continue to keep dumping power and heat? Well, there will be practical limits. Uh, you know, the interesting is so the world. It used to be for I so I when I started, it was a two hundred watt power supply, right? Two hundred and thirty watt power supply, and then. It eventually, like, you had an enthusiast power supply of 500 watts. And then it quickly turned into an enthusiast power supply was 1.5, right? <laughs> 1,500 watts. And some of them had 1,600 watts. That was an enthusiast power supply. Like, mm-hmm. oh, what? you like, no way. I can't run all these, these multiple graphics cards and all this crap on my computer on a 1,000-watt <laughs> power supply? Not enough. One, that, I got to go. And then over the last maybe eight years we've now backed down to where a high-end power supply is basically 850 oh i mean for a lot of people 850 is plenty i wouldn't say it's high maybe right now yeah no no yeah yeah maybe i I feel like the sweet spot i feel like typically in the past five years i've always aimed at like 750 right and of course you know much of that is because we moved away from multi-gpus but now we're sort of getting we're going to creep the power we're going to creep the power curve back up to where you need a better power supply of course uh, ATX 3.0 fixes a lot of the issues with having to buy a, a big ass power supply because it'll handle the the transients. But um, there is always a limit in America, which is the our socket of you know of one you know 120 volts. That's our limit, our practical limit. So they can't exceed that. But I don't I don't know. I mean I mean so, so well and and Falcon Northwest is, uh, Northwest is in the chat and says it stops at the wall circuit. Yeah. So do, do you 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 really think that companies are going to go all the way to the wall like No. Well they know but I, I <laughs> there was a point where you needed I, again very high end muscle muscle car, you know, gearhead you know, 1.5 unit, right? And it we got there and people accepted it because that was what you needed. I think we'll probably, there will be other ways. Like, I mean, we're seeing these things as scaling. 
right? You're seeing, you know, the AI-based scaling that is really kind of changing the equation. We are going to see things where, you know, maybe, you know, the, everything will just get better. I'm, I don't know where it'll end. You can't keep, I know we can't creep up to 2000 watts like we could if we were, we were in Europe, but I, I also think that if you're Intel and you're AMD or you're NVIDIA and you're in the fight for your life, to hell with your efficiency, man. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crank it up. I want to win. I want to make more money, right? Because that's ultimately what matters. Uh, I guess it might matter if like everybody goes like, oh my God, I want this on a 200-watt graphics card or, you know, like they, they really stop buying stuff because it uses too much power. I, again, and I cynically have never seen consumers go, I don't want to buy this. It uses too much electricity. I just, it just, I have not seen that before. Maybe we're changing now. Um, oh, you know, uh, I'll be l- l- let me make a poll. Let me make a poll. Uh, have, have you, have you ever not bought gear because it used too much power? Well, it's, right? it's even like, honestly, like, so we, we've seen, um, we've seen the cancellation of a lot of like old school, big block muscle cars, terrible gas mileage, crazy amounts of performance. I think it's the last year for the Hellcat. Um, what else has been canceled? The, the Challenger's been canceled. I mean, basically, a lot of companies sort of like canceled their high-end muscle cars. I would say that is not due to demand. I would say if they continued to build big block muscle cars until time ended, they would sell them. We would sell every single one of them. I would bet a lot of that is based on government regulations, hmm. right? They had to cut something off because they they have to. There is some mandate somewhere that they had to change change their product stack. And then maybe they just like, well, maybe now we can melt, we can sell you even, you can take more of your money to make a, a bigger electric car. But I think, I don't even necessarily think like gas cars are, are like, are ending because there's no demand. Because mm, I'm sure. seeing no real like loss of demand for, you know, cars that suck down gas with horrible efficiency. For, for sure. I, uh, so I, I got to pull up. It, it's interesting. It's creeping up almost uh, 100 votes and it's about 50 50. 48 percent said yes. I've 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 not bought a piece of gear because it used too much power. I will say, yeah, some people are saying in the chat. Uh, number one, of course, we're in all enthusiasts here. <laughs> so this is not a general slice right. of the population. Right. Uh, but also, I do think it's interesting because I would have said enthusiast wouldn't have cared about the the fact that it uses power. Uh, and I do people's some people say, oh, well, it's not because it used too much power. It's because they didn't want to buy a new power supply, which, you know, is I mean, it's still you're not getting it because it used too much power. And also some people saying heat. So, you know, oh, it's not that I didn't want too much power. I just didn't want all that heat, which is another valid concern. So I, I definitely think there are cases out there of people saying, hey, this is too much power. And sure. hey, you know what? vote with your wallet if if they don't if they don't sell a ton of 4090s because that thing sucks up 500 watts and guess what they need to figure it out uh we do have a good uh super chat from uh, eternal duo a to 20 euros thank you so much that uh there are two types of performance gains brute force and finesse we've mostly had brute force since 2016 all rdna2 are clocked higher than their performance optimum frequency voltage we still have gains in architecture optimizations so i, I do think I and I mean we see this from I I feel like every side too right like the idea is that you know we're brute forcing it just just throw more power at it you get better gains where there is the the optimization and uh, of the actual architecture I I don't know anything about that we'd have to get somebody <laughs> smarter on to talk about that kind of stuff but I I do feel like we are missing a little bit of that finesse uh, 
as of late. So yeah, I mean that's what happens. You have competition, right? I mean, honestly, you probably would have if there was no competition. If AMD wasn't here, I, I don't think Nvidia would have pushed as hard as they have felt they had to. Because why would you, right? So yeah. that's kind of one of the the it's the negative effects of the competition is you, you have to at the end of the day sell more than your competitors. Yeah. Uh, okay, a uh, couple more and we get, we get out here. Uh, some fun ones. Um, Pyrocumulus, friend of the show, Pyro, Pyrocumulus over on Discord says, I, I like this one. Oh, you know, maybe I should bring this one up again when it's the full of us because I'm interested here, but I want to bring it up now. Uh, what motherboard features are important to you and what would you be okay with giving up for whatever reason? Example, onboard audio, LED debug, four DIMM slots, PCIe slots, M.2 slots, RGB, yada, yada. Um, I guess Asus is experimenting with removing onboard audio from a motherboard. Um, oh, so, yeah. What, that's a nice sign. What, what do you think? What, what, what are you like? You know, I have to, in a motherboard, have XYZ. Or what on a motherboard are you like, I don't ever use this thing. Get rid of it. You know, what I would like to... I mean, I like having fairly high-speed USB on board. So, honestly, I would sort of... I And this is a good point. I can't remember who we were talking to. Like, um, they were talking about the USB ports. Like, typically, the USB ports for front panel are wired to the better USB controllers. Oh, yeah. Who was that we were God, talking to? I can't to. remember. I'm sorry. She, was it... No, no, was it Wendell? I think it was Wendell. Uh, I think, right? it, yeah, I think it was Wendell. So, like to me, like a really good USB implementation would probably be one of the things I wouldn't want to give up. I'd also want to see a lot of high speed USB. Um, mostly, what we're seeing today for USB C is USB three to ten gig. You might see USB three to twenty gig, um, but that's pretty rare. And also, most people don't have. USB 3 to 20 gig devices. So I would like to see, honestly, USB 4 or Thunderbolt 5, right, as we're implementing. Like, I I actually love having Thunderbolt on on a uh, desktop machine because it generally means I get a lot of performance, especially out of my Thunderbolt drives. Mm. So to me, that's important. Yeah, I, I would say you can delete the audio because that's just a waste of money. And well, yeah, and I guess uh, so. Someone is clarifying. I guess it's on a mini ITX board, so it, it just saves money oh. and, and, and space there, uh, which makes sense. And you know, I, my first reaction was the same as yours. I was like, I never use motherboard audio. Get rid of it. What a waste of space for sure. But then I was like, wait, wait. This Your is kind speakers. of no, no. I mean, because for me, I, I I never do. I like I I always use an external device, whether right. it's USB based or PCI based. It, it doesn't matter. I'll never use motherboard audio, except for is it? Uh, then I, I stopped. I was like, it's kind of like IGP. I'm never going to game on IGP, but I'm glad it's there for troubleshooting purposes. Yeah. Like I could could you know? I was like, maybe, maybe I don't want to ever troubleshoot. I know, I know, but uh, yeah. I, and I'll, I'll, honestly, I have like twenty different sound cards. I can, if I need to troubleshoot audio, I can just grab a different sound card. But there was a part of me that was like, wait, am I being too rash? Could I, could I keep? You know, is it good to have motherboard audio just for you know maybe troubleshooting purposes? But nah, get rid of it. Yeah, I would say get rid of audio. Um, although I do like it. No, actually, troubleshooting. Wireless is kind of nice sometimes having that built in, but honestly, uh, oh. the amount of money it costs for that that discrete wireless controller and then antennas, Asus, if you're watching, lose that too because like, and in <laughs> fact, 
if you're selling a high-end motherboard, those people should not be using wireless. It should be like a law against using like a high-end desktop with wireless. It should be like, nope, we're going to include it, a hundred-foot Ethernet cable. It's it's good to have it just in case. I, I I would say the Wi-Fi one is more beneficial to have in in an extreme you know it situation. Is, but I would, but also I for my gaming PC that's in the living room that's not wired. I only use wireless on that one. Yeah, so. but if they gave you a hundred-foot Ethernet cable that's flat, I, I you could have it. <laughs> uh, you know, wireless for media sucks because sometimes you get that like skipping because who knows what's yeah, going on. Yeah, it depends on what you do. Like, and also what you have. I have Wi-Fi 6E, so you know, whatever. But <laughs> I, I, but it would also I do think a lot of motherboards have a Wi-Fi version and a non-Wi-Fi version, so I, I think it's already out there. Uh, but what about four uh, DRAM slots? Uh, I put a poll in the chat. We got a hundred votes. Uh, said, could you live without four DRAM slots? Sixty percent in here said yes. I. I was like, wow, I'm, I'm surprised. I thought, you know, the enthusiast people in the chat who are voting would say, oh, hell no, give me four slots. Oh, sounds like there's a lot of small four factor people in here. I mean, cause... yeah, for, for me, like, I don't I don't think I ever run four. I, I do have on this this streaming box right now, but my gaming machine is two. My work machine at home is two. I, I'm, I'm okay today, with two. Yeah. Today, but, you know, dims come down and like, hey, you know, I want to have 128 gigs of RAM in this box. I mean... It happens. It really, I mean, I just I mean, it could happen, but I, I'm also okay with no way putting that off. I yeah, would never okay. give up. Like there's right. no way four four dims is the minimum. Like I would say, other than unless you're doing small four factor because of the compromises. Like why would you? Well, would you take an ATX board with only put on? And there have been designs like that with two dim slots. No, I mean you I know, do that, it to me. Like, I've seen it. You know what? You know where you get that? You get that in a POS OEM box. It's like, it's like, whoa, this is the cleanest board ever. There's no traces yet because there's nothing on this board and there's two dims. And you know what? If you, if you see that and you're like, oh my God, most people scream to bloody murder and you're telling me that's what you would be okay with. (laughs) Then don't, you don't get the right to scream about the OEM box that basically has two dims on it because they know nobody's going to ever run more than two dims in a business POS box. But don't don't scream about it then. Don't scream about it. Uh I got I got a good, here here's a good one. Uh how many SATA ports? Uh, what's what's the minimum SATA, SATA You know these ports? days I go I can go with two. Oh. Yeah. Cuz you know I mean the drive density is so high, you know, a couple 10 terabyte drives you're set. I would say lose the lose the additional I would love a lot of M.2. I would I would love a U.2 connector on there, you know, and I would love the enough Southbridge connections just for additional high-speed storage. Magnetic bulk, who cares? You know, a 20-terabyte hard drive will do it, but I want high-speed storage, a lot of it, and also mm. plumbed correctly where things don't turn mm. off. Uh, real quick before I get to the the poll, because I just made a poll for the the people in chat for the for the SATA port thing. Uh, I have started to see this a lot lately, Gordon. Uh, a lot of truck drivers build small form factor, and a lot of them use Wi Fi uh, to like it, you know whenever they're they're at a hotspot. So it's oh. just, it, interesting little cross section. I would think uh, they'd have their own. Well, yeah, because you'd have your own. You know, like a lot of them will have their own Verizon or you know or yeah, not T Mobile hotspot because oh, God, yeah, it wouldn't work not anywhere T-Mobile. Oh. it'd be at t it'd be verizon oh, yeah. for the most part right uh so we're, we're at about 100 votes uh the question was how many sata ports do you need uh this this chat saying uh 36 said two uh 41 said four 18 said six five percent said eight so it seems like four is kind of where yeah no i can see that but that's yeah. like i would consolidate you got to consolidate somewhere and i think one reason to consolidate is that moves all your data onto a newer 
drive. It freshens up all the bits on that new drive. And then you could put that other one in cold storage and, and cross your fingers and it works later. So that's like your sort of backup. Because I just took my old computer. I I put it in cold storage and like yeah. I copied everything to a drive. So that's my backup of my backup. Uh, we did have uh, one person in the chat. Kieran said, uh, what, no option for zero set of ports? Nah, I, no, I, that's I, too I, radical. I need, I need at least two. I'm, 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 I could get away with two. I think I'd get away with two as long as the board had at least two m.2 slots you know i guess i maybe i'm reconsidering my two decision because i do still run a sat optical drive so that would leave me with one so probably four makes sense if i ever if i could say it again i'd probably say four oh, okay <laughs> uh and magnum skywolf says how many floppy drives do you have it's installed right now i, I should i do have a usb floppy drive somewhere <laughs> i can in fact you can hook a usb floppy drive up to your android phone and it works it's, tr- it's true it's you true. can hook a zip drive up uh to your android you, you know what i wish uh motherboard still had was a little speaker little little post speaker yeah post speakers would be nice why do you think that went away is it really because of cost yeah and nobody ever understood what it even meant anyway because it was like what does that mean so well, like know they moved on. to basically post leds oh the leds are, are nice but i don't know something about the speaker you know what i really appreciate it where were some of the designs where it would actually route the post beep through the onboard through the audio circuit so what? if you plugged in speakers, you could oh. actually hear your huh. post beep do that. Oh, also, uh, or no, actually, sorry, I misspoke. I mean, what I liked is where they run, they routed onboard audio through the speakers. Like so, like a lot of the OEM machines. I know you hate OEM machine boxes, but they would have little tiny one point five inch speakers. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Like so, media speakers. Yeah. So media speakers. So you would when you plug in your external speakers, it would override that. But if you unplug that speaker, um, you would get your actual sound system sounds through that speaker on the machine. Huh. So I, I really appreciate it. Uh, also, you know what? Uh, a friend of the show, James Pryor, just called me out for uh, hypocrisy. He said, wait, that's a use for mother onboard audio. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah. And I, I, I can see that happening. But <laughs> you I want, you know, OK, maybe keep the onboard audio around. Maybe, you know, no, if, I, if it I means I get so. a post speaker, I'll, I'll take it. I mean, the, the truth is audio sound cards are dead. Nobody runs them. I still do. Adam does. That tells you how dead it is. So I mean, Willis we're, does. We're cool. Luis does. We, yeah, we, we we know a lot of people who do. Yeah, but we do. But again, that's like no judge of anything for know, the most yeah. part. I know. It yeah. is dead. I know. So I would say, but I, I mean, most people run USB audio headphones, right? So like, what the hell do you even have? Actually, a good point. Or Bluetooth. Yeah. I mean, but I think the problem is you can't do that on a high end. You can do it on a high end board because nobody cares. On a low end board, though, you're going to have to have onboard audio because most of those people might be running analog headsets so you can't get rid of them in the low end but in the high end yes oh you know what maybe that that's how we force it we have the the sound card manufacturers should should get in collusion to get rid of the the onboard audio because then it'll make people buy more sound cards there we go well yeah maybe (laughs) you know you know people don't remember this but there was a time where motherboard makers integrated you know classic um you know brands like you had onboard a lot of onboard sound blaster sound blaster in the early days those were they bought the chips and they integrated them onto the boards yeah and then you know from other brands too and then they they got the cheaper stuff well and and i'll say i mean people have pointed this out too there are like the sound chip itself can be reputable can be good 
it's everything else around it if you have a gpu that's eating a ton of actually you know what i i finally figured out that there was that ground loop uh that people were noticing on oh. uh, in the podcast forever it was the motherboard audio i, w- I was using uh motherboard audio really <laughs> yeah yeah and, and it was just causing that 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 uh that buzz and and i i i don't know how i didn't notice that before so i can't yeah. believe you plugged into analog audio onboard audio for the podcast using yeah so you just move it to a usb just audio USB. adapter yeah, yeah. And, it, that, it was, it was and that's the, so. that's the main thing people don't know usb audio is digital audio it's out it basically turns into analog outside of that noisy electrical box so you yeah. you can up. still get problems with usb you audio can. but yeah you can but it's, most of the time so it, it cleans yeah. it up so, so. stupid adam ah oh, dang it anyway uh last question because i think this one's a fun one that we'll get out of here uh rob roy said uh what is the favorite thing about your career or asks oh you know i just because it's it's you know i and i've been i'm probably one of the old timers that are still left i'm one of the only old timers dumb enough to have done this so long <laughs> it's just it's just been awesome because you know we got to see this community where you know and that we had a, there was an enthusiast community in the 1990s we went through the 2000s where everybody wanted to put a stake in the heart of the PC and we fought that. I feel, I feel like I was part of a fight to, to, to keep, to keep the PC at the forefront of, of consumers. And to see that now we're sort of seeing that this, this, this new breed of, you know, PC enthusiasts, PC gamers, that is awesome. And then also everybody always wants to hate all these companies. You want anger, you want to rain down nothing, but the meanest tweets on them, the people at these companies are pouring their hearts out to they're essentially athletes to do the best thing they can. Um, so they are real people here to, to watch these people, you know, do their best. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, you know, that's just the way that it breaks. I get to see that uh, through all the years is, it's just been awesome. This perspective of like, wow, you know, that was, that was pretty cool. I, I will say like, I remember standing in a, in our lab at at maximum pc with with raja he because he'd come down because we're we're going to put an ati card in one of our drew machines he'd come down we we're shooting the shooting the bull about whatever and you know and he was we were messing with that it's just some cool things to see these people everywhere and just and also to see like the the uncorking of of every of every possible part of the pc just gets so much better we went for um a point where i've seen amd you know come up get better they they would beat intel it'd be amazing they would go back underwater they'd come back up you know five or six or seven years again they would beat intel and then now and then intel would come back it's just watching that competition watching these these companies compete to make better products has, has just been awesome and then part of that is like <laughs> the the performance computing that we are getting now on the on consumer pcs compared to when I first started doing this is like, it's just amazing. It's just the best thing ever because you can, and the magic you can do on the computer is, is amazing. So that is, that has just been, it's just amazing to watch the PC grow. Although the odds have been against it for 40 years now, people have been trying to kill the PC for ever since it existed. And to see us where we're at now with the performance, even console people agree the PC experience is awesome. You know, not for them, but they will agree that is like a premier experience and a lot of them aspire to it. 
just to see it uh, to mature to where it is. Even the analysts don't even call for us to be killed anymore. And I think that's like, <laughs> I, I think that's kind of a nice, you know, we've kind of like grown up now, you know, and the community is so much more sophisticated that the testing, the reviews, like, it's amazing. It's just like, I just think we were rubbing rocks together back in the 1990s. <laughs> and like today, you look at what Steve is doing, like, holy smokes. You're like, just like, just amazing. So <laughs> it's cool to just see it all mature and to see the PC grow up and to see it thrive, even though they, and I mean they, there really have been forces that have been trying to kill the PC all these decades because no, no, that's their part of their business strategy is to kill the PC. And to see where it is now, where it's going to go. I don't know. Will it be here in 20 years? I don't know. I hope so. But, you know, let's just let's it's a great journey. It's just been a, an amazing journey. So is there one thing? No, the whole thing is just amazing. So everybody just just take the just take the hate down a little bit and appreciate sometimes <laughs> what NVIDIA, Intel, AMD, Apple, everybody you don't like is doing and they are trying to they are trying to do better for themselves and to compete and you know just take it for what it is yeah uh i, I will say <clears throat> i'll say two things uh one of them is the for for my favorite thing about my my career uh I, you know i i'm i'm in video or in content production so i guess that's a, a different kind of career but i'll say one thing that i love about working here is the people that i work with i le legitimately love working with gordon I, I do. I, I've learned so much from you uh, before even I knew you <laughs> and, and now that I know you. Uh, and then, yeah, all the people on staff, Mark, Brad, Elena, Catherine, Mike Kreider, uh, John, uh, like all the cool people that I, I get to work with. Like, it really does feel like we have a, a tight knit group of people that, that are working together. And of, of course, Willis, you know, on, on the video team side and all the other video team people that you don't know about. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like we, we have a, a good core group of, uh, of people working here with us and it, it keeps everyone on our toes. It keeps everyone, you know, f forcing to do better. And, and I've, I've, I never went to journalism school, so I do feel very, uh, happy that uh, that i'm learning from a lot of a lot of people who have have grown up in that and and understood journalism and ethics and all that kind of stuff so i i get to to love that firsthand uh and then yeah I, i'm gonna be cheesy and it's it's the community like it really is like like you know I, I read almost every single comment that comes through on every one of our videos every morning I'll go through our community tab and and look at the comments and especially around that video we just put up of the uh, uh, of the the K six two computer. If you haven't watched it, uh, Gordon kind of di dissected a K six two computer uh, and kind of was was schooling me on on all the information about it and it, it was super fun. Uh, and all the comments on there just just made me smile. People are like, "Oh, I remember I had this," and you know, "Oh, you, you remember this and remember that," and it's just like I I love hearing about it. I love you know ha having people feel like uh they they got at least a little bit of enjoyment out of our, our videos so that's definitely what keeps me going so thank you thank you so much for for being awesome uh ran it on a cheesy note but yeah uh no it's not cheesy <laughs> i you know i i don't want to get it because i will tell you the best thing about my career is the people i work with all along the way amazing people all the way and as well as my peers um in journalism that cover the tech press a lot of them are well, not all of them, but a lot of them are just awesome people, and I, I, I love them all, I respect them all, and, and, and again, the vendors themselves, you know, we're, this is a, they can't do their dance without us, 
So, but a lot of them really, really care about what they do. So, and I don't want to get too cheesy as you're saying, because <laughs> that's typically what you say. Like when you announce you're leaving, you know? no, we're, not, we're not leaving. It <laughs> we'll was, save it that was for le- when they turn us off. Yeah, It was a legit question. They tried to turn us off. They tried to kill the yeah, middle. That's true. Uh, <laughs> They've been trying to kill every night. Yeah. Uh, I will say something funny that, that came out of that video real quick. Just talk about the K K six two video. Uh, somebody was talking uh, at the end of it. You announced that you're going to build a sleep sleeper PC, right? Put modern guts in, in that case. Cause you, you, love that case you know to kind of prove a point that atx needs to evolve yada yada uh somebody there there was a couple comments on like hey that the hardware internals are actually used by a lot of enthusiasts uh who who like to run old pc games uh rather than emulation it's it's kind of hey you know it's good hardware still so i was like you know what maybe i should do the opposite maybe i should should take the guts of that pc and put it in a, a modern case with rgb and all that stuff and you make it like, I was like an that. emulation box oh you were gonna that do was that? my plan oh, oh, that sorry. Was, yeah thanks for blowing my surprise adam <laughs> <I'm> sorry because <laughs> i was like oh man I, I would love to play the original command and conquer duke nukem 3d like well yeah uh, so yeah. i i so the surprise is to take sorry. that k62 super super socket seven board maybe scratch up i got i gotta look through my collection i probably tossed it you know years ago maybe a better maybe a voodoo card or you know a better agp card than an sis card but i want to put that in a modern case and run some old school benchmarks right <laughs> you can do the gaming stuff you can play with the emulation stuff i'm you know I'm, I'm not that nostalgic for it it's too much work for me to but i i would love to see like wouldn't you love to see Landmark? I, I, I guess Landmark would have been too old by then because that was late 1990s. Landmark would have been well done. I'm just talking about these ancient ridiculous benchmarks that, that were run in every corner computer store. Geekbench? Geekbench <laughs> did not exist back then. <laughs> they, uh, um, but, you know, I mean, I would, you know, better. like 3D Mark 2000, you know, maybe even like pre, there are a lot of older benchmarks. It'd be kind of fun to run on, on an older box just to see what, we can get out of it, it but I do want to, I, I was like, I want to take like the oldest. And again, that sort of reinforces my point of, yes, it is also makes ATX kind of special, but it is absolutely ridiculous that I could take 1998 components and put them into like a $500 case, today's case. Like that is just wrong, right? <laughs> it's it's kind of funny, kind of funny. All right. Uh, yeah, let's get out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm getting hungry. I'm getting hungry. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> let's do it. Okay, check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And if you're on one of those services, please leave a review. Every time you do, um, somebody builds a retro build into a case it doesn't belong in. Send questions and comments to the fullnerd.pcworld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung. Uh, earlier, we had. Usman Perzadi of WCCF Tech. Please go to WCCF Tech and read coverage. Awesome stuff. Great crew over there. And Adam Patrick Murray is going to hit the off switch. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everybody. And please, please tune in tomorrow at 1 p.m. Help Gordon uh, troubleshoot oh, this yeah. PC. It is going to be so fun. I, I've been chomping at the bit. We, we were originally supposed to do this like a month ago when we lost our, our YouTube channel. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited about this challenge. So please, please tune in. Help Gordon. Stump the chump. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. So uh, thanks, everybody. We'll see you later. Bye.